Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shins that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. Good afternoon, everyone, from Dover Downs. Well, for some teams, it's been a great year, but for those who haven't won yet or have run competitively, it's been a total frustrating year. And, Eli, I guess there are a lot of teams in that boat right now. With a third of the season already over, it's time to get going for a lot of the top race teams that just, well, it's been a dismal year, to put it bluntly. And for many of those same teams, Barney, Dover Downs just hasn't really been a godsend. Ernie Irvin, Mark Martin, Kyle Petty, Dale Jarrett, Morgan Shepard, Lake speed. Just a few of the drivers who have never won here at Dover. Ernie's on the pole today, but then again, only six times in 48 races here at the Monster Mile has the race been won by the pole sitter. So a lot of stories to explore over the course of the 500 laps, 500 miles here today. One thing is for sure, though we are under cloudy skies, it has not kept the race fan away. 90,000 on hand. They've got grandstands now that almost ring the entire mile of this layout. It's quite an impressive of sight. Yeah, they've started coming in here Friday, and they've jammed every inch of space, including the infield and the grandstand. Well, this is a fast racetrack. I mean, they literally fly around here. It's been kind of slippery for the last couple of days. The last year when we were here for both races, we had an awful lot of equipment torn up in practice. We haven't had that this time, but a lot of drivers are saying you are on the edge from the time they got here, even up to right now. Michael Waltrip had some problems in practice on Friday. He couldn't qualify in the first round. Loy Allen has bent up the car just a little bit, though he has managed to qualify, but nobody was quicker than Ernie Irvin. A new track record for Ernie Irvin at 151.956 miles an hour. Dick Brooks is with our Bush Pole sitter. Well, Ernie's sitting in a car. Ernie, you uh, you can't do much better. You got four poles this year. You just set a track record here. It's uh, you got ten top ten starts or finishes this year, and it's just uh, what are you looking for today? Well, you know, naturally we're looking to try to win this uh, Budweiser 500, but it's been one of my tougher racetracks. And uh, if any place is tough, it's Dover. And uh, Larry's uh, going to work with me real hard today, keep me focused on the big picture, and uh, hopefully bring his Tex will have him for Thunderbird uh, into victory home. They're talking slick tires and uh, slick track and some tire problems. Well, you know, the Goodyear's haven't been any problem. They've really worked good, and if anything, everybody's pushing a little bit. So um, most of the time when they throw the green here, everybody's a little loose. So we're, uh, we hope we got our car set up exactly right, and, and if we do, I know we're going to be tough uh, for the whole 500 lapper. 
Well, pushing a little bit is the thing you need here because the track gets slick and greasy. And if you start out pushing, you should end up about neutral. So that'll be good except for the tires. Jeff O'Dyan has really got his season turned around the last two or three weeks. He finds himself outside pole here this afternoon, and Winston Kelly is with Jeff. One of the strongest cars the last three or four weekends. Jeff O'Dyan, how about today's race? <laughs> well, yeah, we're running really good here. The weather is a little different than yesterday, uh, a lot cooler overcast. Uh, maybe I talked to Melvin Joseph and Dennis McGlynn. They said, we're going to run half this race and it's going to rain. I said, hey, that's a great way to shorten this thing up. Uh, you know, we all kind of complain about how long this race is, but we hope uh, and pray that the Exide car runs really good today. Uh, it has been running good in practice. Last three weeks have been really good for us. We appreciate all that. And, of course, I want to say hi to Kathy. She's back home. I love you. And, and Matthew and Barry, they're back home, too. We'll be back there tonight. Jeff Bodine rolls the X-side batteries forward off second. The only concern that Jeff did not address in that little uh, comment, Barney, is the fact that in a 30-lap tire run here yesterday in the final practice session, even in 30 laps, the Hoosier tires in particular were starting to show the tendency to blister just a bit on Jeff's car and others, and that could well be part of the storyline here today. I don't think we've ever come to Dover that uh, all the, the guys were not a little bit concerned about tires because this place is just very hard on. They go off in the corner so very hard and so fast that it can be a problem real easy. Bill Elliott threw out the first pitch in Thursday's baseball game in Baltimore when the Orioles and the Detroit Tigers got together. He said that was a lot of fun, but it's now time to get down to business. It's not been the best of years for the Budweiser Ford team. Bill Elliott has that machine in fifth starting spot today. Alan Bestwick is with him as Bill climbs aboard. Bill sitting behind the wheel all strapped in. Bill, you know you've got a long race ahead of you today. You've got a good car. It's up the front. Is it hard to, to force yourself to pace in the early part of the race and not get too racy? Well, you know, the problem with this place is a lot of people get impatient. You know, when it ends up becoming a bad situation, especially off turn two and turn four, you know, the, the racetrack has got so much bank to it. Normally, if you get in the wall, you're going to slide back across the racetrack and hit the inside wall. It always happens here, and when it does, you normally collect several cars in it. You know, and hopefully you can get the day started and get everything sorted out, you know, and get down to racing. And it always seems to be on a restart where we have the problems. When we get through that, I feel like we'll have a pretty good day, but, you know, it's always a tough racetrack. Yesterday, the last practice, it was sunny and hot. It's overcast here, a little cooler today. Are you a little concerned about what the car is going to do? Are you not as sure what it's going to do the first few laps? Well, I'm really not sure. We changed some things from yesterday afternoon anyway. And hopefully we went in the way the dire uh, direction the racetrack's going to go. But it'll just be wait and see. Bill Elliott starting fifth today, ready to go. Tell you another team that's really turned things around in recent weeks is the team of Bobby Hamilton. Bobby qualified eighth here. Let's get his thoughts quickly with Dick Brooks. Well, Bobby's sitting here all ready to go. Uh, says they about got the team together, but uh, you got a good qualifying time. Bobby, what do you expect today? Well, the car is a real good car, Dick. This is the same car we run with ninth at, ninth at Bristol. And uh, the car drives real good here. We've seen a lot of temperature problems in tires on other cars. No, this car has not showed any indication. But you know how Dover is. You know, if you're there at the end, you're going to have a good finish. And I told somebody the other day, I said, they talk about racing the racetrack at Darlington. Dover's got where you've got to do that here, too. That's very true. Uh, it's a lot cooler today than it was yesterday. Car's going to be a little bit tighter. You expect any tire problems? Well, I, I think we will have because yesterday uh, everybody was tight and couldn't get it out. This will make it tighter, but the cooler temperatures might help, you know, the tires from tearing apart or whatever. A little concerned about the tires, a little concerned about the construction they did on the racetrack yesterday. Uh, we got a mandatory stop at 35 laps. We'll see what the tires look like then, and we'll be good to go. All right, the team seems to be about ready to go. I remember racing here many, many times, and uh, and a uh, tight car here sure heats up the front tires because you drive it so deep down in the corners, but uh, these guys have got to put up with it. 
Let's take a look at the starting lineup. 42nd, Brad Teague from Johnson City, Tennessee. Mike Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri starts 41st. 40th, Lake Speed of Jackson, Mississippi. Loy Allen of Raleigh, North Carolina is 39th. 38th will be Hutt Strickland of Calera, Alabama. 37th, Harry Gann of Taylorsville, North Carolina. 36th, Greg Sachs of Mattituck, New York. Chuck Mound is 35th. He's from Portland, Oregon. 34th, Michael Waltrip from Owensboro, Kentucky. From Indianapolis, Indiana, John Andretti starts 33rd. And there is the command to fire engines here this afternoon, starting 32nd, Mark Martin from Batesville, Arkansas, and 31st is Kyle Petty of Randleman, North Carolina. Sterling Marlin out of Columbia, Tennessee, starts 30th, 29th, Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin, Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania, goes 28th, 27th is Wally Dallenbach from Basalt, Colorado, out of South Boston, Virginia, Jeff Burton starts 26th, 25th is Billy Standridge of Shelby, North Carolina, Derek Cope out of Spanaway, Washington, starts 24th, 23rd is Jeff Gordon from Pittsburgh, Indiana. 22nd starter Terry Levante out of Corpus Christi, Texas and from Shemung, New York. Brett Bodine starts 21st. 20th, Kenny Schrader from Fenton, Missouri. Starting 19th, Dick Trickle from Wisconsin's Rapids, Wisconsin. From Chesapeake, Virginia, Ricky Rudd starts 18th. 17th will be Rick Mast. He's from Rockbridge, Bath, Virginia. Starting 16th is Darrell Walter from Franklin, Tennessee. 15th, Steve Grissom from Gadsden, Alabama. 14th, Dale Earnhardt, Kannapolis, North Carolina. The 13th starter, Dale Jarrett from Conover, North Carolina. Starting 12th, Todd Bodine of Shemung, New York. And the 11th starter, Ward Burton from South Boston, Virginia. Jimmy Hensley out of Ridgeway, Virginia starts 10th. 9th is Morgan Shepard of Conover, North Carolina. You've heard from Bobby Hamilton out of Nashville, Tennessee. He'll start 8th. 7th is Ted Musgrave from Franklin, Wisconsin. Rusty Wallace out of St. Louis, Missouri will go 6th. 5th is Bill Elliott from Dawsonville, Georgia. Bobby Labonte, a super qualifying run. The Corpus Christi, Texas driver will start fourth. Third, Joe Nimichek of Lakeland, Florida. And the front row, two fellows from whom you've already heard, Jeff Bodine out of Chemung, New York, starting second. And on the bush pole, Ernie Irvin and the Texaco Haviland Ford. A new track record of 151.956 miles an hour. Should Ernie win today's race from the pole, he'll take home the Unical Challenge money of $7,600. It rolls back to its starting point after Jeff Gordon took home the prize last Sunday in Charlotte. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Budweiser 500. Good afternoon once again from Dover Downs International Speedway. The field on the racetrack has already made one lap, one more circuit around here, and they'll turn them loose for the Budweiser 500. Let's take a swing around this racetrack. Turns one and two is where the field is moving into right now. 24-degree banking there, and they, as we said earlier, they really haul the cars off in there as quick as they do any place on the circuit. When they go out of turn number two, very narrow back shoot up toward Joe Moore, who will be covering the action in three and four. Thank you, Barney. The object in turns one and two, just as in three and four, is keep the car 
down on the bottom of the racetrack just as low as you can. You don't want to get up in the outside lane because the car will have the tendency to come around on you. Once you come off turn two, it's to let it swing out a little bit, but not too far because, as you say, it really narrows up coming off turn two. Down this back straightaway, real short run until you get to turn three. Back to the bottom again. That's where the cars are headed now. Right now, the start of the butt 500. Field down to the line. Green flag is in the air, and on the break, Ernie Urban will try to get out front all by himself in turn one. He'll be able to do it. In fact, the front four moves single file to turn two. First battle will be for fifth, side by side. Rusty Wallace on the outside of Bill Elliott. They'll stay their way, coming off turn two. It's Urban out in front now. Bobby Labonte back in fourth. He's trying to make a move on Joe Nemechek. Jimmy Hensley has problems. He tags the wall coming out of turn number two, and Hensley now being bypassed by everyone. Nemechek still can't get back in line. He'll lose a number of positions from his third starting spot. But Jimmy Hensley, after nicking the wall coming through turn two, continues to backslide as the leaders are in two. Ernie Irvin shows the way. Jeff Bodine right behind and putting on the real pressure is Bobby Labonte. He's trying to get underneath Jeff Bodine. Labonte now goes high. Rusty Wallace is on the move. He'll dig down to the inside. Wallace has a car that is really sticking. That's been obvious the first two laps. He drove right to the bottom of the racetrack and just drove underneath. Here's Bodine going for the lead down in turn number one. Ernie Irvin on the outside. Jeff's got a fender alongside as they hit turn two. Irvin scoots up too high in turn one. Opens up the door for Jeff Bodine. Rusty Wallace and Labonte is going to try to make a bid to get by. Irvin now pulling even with Labonte. They'll race for third into turn three. So Jeff Bodine now takes over the lead here in the early stages of the Budweiser 500. Jeff has led the fourth most number of laps of any Winston Cup driver here in 1994. He has led six different races, now seven, as he continues to show the way in turn two. Front three cars, single file, getting a bit of jump now over the fourth place car of Ernie Irvin. He's followed by Bill Elliott riding fifth. Six is Ted Musgrave. And a good battle for seventh is Joe Nemechek goes to the inside of Bobby Hamilton. Joe Nemechek really lost some spots on the get-go. He got caught in that outside groove, and that's not the place to be. It took him a long time to get tucked back in, and finally he squeezes back in there about eighth position. Right behind him rides Morgan Shepard. A big breakaway right now, but the front three out of turn two. Notice the tail practically among the front three as they come off turn two. Again, Rusty Wallace keeping the pressure on Ernie Irvin. Bobby Labonte riding along, waiting to see what's going to happen up front. It's single file all the way back through the field. Wally back gets caught out of line, and he'll backslide just a bit, running in 24th position. He'll lose about five spots here at lap number five. The leader single file back to one. Still a good battle for the seventh spot. Joe Nemechek gets a hook up on the inside of Bobby Hamilton. He'll blow by him in turn two. Morgan Shepard tried to make a similar move, but he's blocked as Hamilton closes the inside lane. Single file. They head back to turn three. Field really getting strung out in a hurry. We're only seven laps. Let's make that six laps into the Budweiser 500 and a single file all the way back through about the top 20. The leaders go back to turn one. That's some hard racing going on back in the pack where Kenny Schrader and Kyle Petty and some of the other cars back there have been trying to break out of that traffic along with Mark Martin. Meanwhile, the leaders go back to turn three. Single file up front. Good battle for the ninth spot for a moment there. Earnhardt was trying to get by the Morgan Shepard car. He'll give up in that battle and fall back in line in single file. He had a little bit of a look to the inside of Morgan coming out of turn number four, but couldn't quite make the car stick that time on the low side of the racetrack. If you're curious about Jimmy Hensley, he finally got back in line, though much farther back as Hensley runs in 39th position after starting in the top ten with the problems that he had coming off the uh, turn two wall. And also the Joe Nemechek car who got out of line is now running back in seventh. Let's go to pit road. Talk to Sandy Jones, the crew chief on Jimmy Hensley's car. He said the car just got a little bit high coming out of turn number two. Smacked the wall. Believes he'll be okay. They're hoping to hang on to that early caution flag to pull the sheet metal away from the tire and not lose the lap. 
eight laps go up on the scoreboard. Now, these drivers were told at the meeting this morning, at the driver's meeting, guys, use your heads in the early going here because this racetrack was a little bit slippery in practice, and so far they've pretty well done that. Here come the front three out of turn number four. Jeff Bodine is the leader, riding right behind him is Rusty Wallace, then Bobby Labonte, followed by Ernie Irvin and Bill Elliott, the top five, as they swing back to turn two. Running sixth now is the Ted Musgrave car. Seventh is Joe Nemechek. Eighth is Bobby Hamilton, and ninth is Morgan Shepard. Right behind him in the tenth spot is Dale Earnhardt. And Earnhardt again trying to make the move on Morgan Shepard off turn two. Had a shot at him down on the inside, but Shepard again slams the door. But it is single file all the way through the 42 cars on the racetrack. Whatever happened to the outside groove here, Jeff Bodine? Yeah, we'd all like to know what happened. Uh, yeah, it used to be more fun and easier to drive this track because you could run all over from the bottom to the top. Made it really exciting, interesting for the fans to watch. Now it's kind of one groove racetrack. They've sealed it. The track wore down a little bit. Uh, the top grooves have gone away, and it doesn't look like they're ever going to come back. Scary moment for Kyle Petty, running back in 28th position. Got way high through turn four. Now trouble out in the corner as Harry Gant spins and will collect the Mike Wallace automobile. Wallace, who won here yesterday, also involved will be the Billy Standridge automobile. But Harry Gant, who found the wall yesterday in the Bush Series race, he finds it yet again here with a problem. And caution is on the speedway. Lap number 14 here at Dover Down. The first caution in a race that a year ago had 14 yellow flag period. Working under caution here at Dover Downs International Speedway. 15 laps on the board. Harry Gant has gone to the garage. And Jeff Bodine has gone to pit road. Everybody else among the cars on the lead lap staying on the racetrack. Let's cover Jeff's stop. Well, they're going to do the right side tires. I can't uh, see from this side where there's any problems with them yet. But uh, they got the right rear off. It looks good. Right front's coming off. There's no uh, no problems with it. Uh, I uh, don't know the temperature on it yet, but uh, seem to be okay. They're going to do four tires on the car. It's going to start him in the rear, so he's got a long ways to go. Well, they didn't do the left side. They only jacked him up, looked at him, tightened him back up, and let him go. Jeff Bodine goes back onto the racetrack. Some other cars are pitting up toward turn number four. Let's go down to Winston Kelly. Jimmy Hensley's changing right side tires. They're pulling that sheet metal off the right side of the car that uh, got damaged in that early accident when Jimmy hit the wall over in turn two. Wally Dahlenbach gets four tires and gasoline. The Bud Moore car, driven by Lake Speed, comes in. He gets four tires and gasoline, as does Loy Allen. Mike Wallace, who was involved in that accident, gets four tires. Chuck Bounce spun around in the accident as well. He gets four tires and gasoline. The four cars that did get a little piece of the problem down in turn number one, Harry Gantz suffers the worst damage. Hit the wall, has taken the car to the garage, and we'll get a report there as quickly as we can. Billy Standridge, Mike Wallace, and Chuck Bound, the other three cars involved. So everybody on pit road, of those who have chosen to stop, the remainder of the field stays on the racetrack behind the Pontiac safety car with Elmo Langley at the wheel. Alan Bestwick has made his way to the garage area to check on the Skull Bandit. Well, I'm just now catching up to him, Eli, if I can chase him down between the trucks here. He's walking towards his truck. Harry, awful early. You're not had a good weekend. What happened? Well, Kyle got high. And, you know, we I slowed everybody down behind me, let him straighten up. Then I went on to pass him, and uh, I guess his spotter just wasn't paying no attention. He just told him he just turned left right into me before we got to the corner. And it had to be his spotter's fault because his spotter's supposed to tell you, you know. And uh, hit the wall real hard. It got both ends of the car. 
So a tough weekend at Dover for Harry Gant. He's out early today. And Harry wiped the car out down there yesterday in the bush race here, so that's what they're talking about when they talk about a tough weekend for him. Two days in a row getting into the wall in turn one, not a lot of fun. Kyle Petty is on pit road right now. After we told you earlier, he went way high in turns three and four, and then apparently uh, did uh, the problems again and have the problems again down in turn number one. Winston Kelly has been much documented this week that uh, Felix Sabatis, the team owner for Kyle Petty, made a number of personnel changes, dismissing uh, team manager Robin Pemberton along with his brothers Ryan and Roman Pemberton. Uh, from an immediate standpoint, what's happening during pit stops today for the Mellow Yellow team? Who's going over the wall to, to make the changes? Well, John Dodson will be the right front tire changer. Scott Grant and Glenn Thunderbird will replace the Pemberton brothers as tire carriers as we're back under green. Green flag is back out, single file restart as they take it off turn two. Rusty Wallace leads the way, Ernie Irvin now sitting second, and Bobby Labonte is third. They've got five car lengths on fourth place, Bill Elliott in fifth place, Ted Musgrave. They'll hold those positions now, working on the low side of the racetrack. Again, these cars have not made tire stops yet. They are still looking for that mandatory tire pit stop that NASCAR had talked about. It may well be bumped up a bit towards lap 45 or so because of this caution here at lap 14. NASCAR will inform all the crew members as to exactly what their plans are, but they still do anticipate that mandatory tire stop. Still Rusty Wallace showing the way. He took the lead when Jeff Bodine pitted lap number 14. Ernie Irvin tries to chase him down about four car lengths behind. Bobby Labonte very strong in the early going. So is Bill Elliott and Ted Musgrave. That's the front five. But immediately the field again begins to spring out a little bit off turn two. A couple of battles going on. One for the ninth spot. That's where Ward Burton's trying to get by Bobby Hamilton. Further back for about 13th position. Jeff Gordon, who started 23rd, has now overtaken Dale Jones. Garrett, so he is on the run. Darrell Waltrip working awfully well on the straightaways. He'll draw up to try and pass a couple of cars on the straights, but then loses those spots right back in the corner. He's running in the 18th spot right now with the leaders in two. Here's that ninth place battle. Ward Burton finally gets underneath Bobby Hamilton. The door opened up. Here comes Brett Bodine. He'll pick up the 10th spot as well. And now that settles down single file back into turn three. Up at the front of the pack. Meanwhile, he gets a little bit tighter between first and second position as they come down to the line this time. Rusty Wallace looks back and Ernie Irvin has cut it down to maybe a couple of car lengths as he begins to bear down on him. Gets even closer over in turn two. Irvin within a car length now as they come off the bottom of the racetrack in turn two and hit the back straightaway. Ten car lengths back to third place car. Bobby Labonte had a good battle again for fourth as Ted Musgrave is right up on the bumper of the Budweiser Ford. Those cars now working with about a couple of three car lengths ahead of Joe Nimichek, followed by Morgan Shepard and Dale Earnhardt. That NASCAR mandated pit stop will now be put off to lap number 45, we are told, by the NASCAR officials and light of that flap number 14 caution that flew a short while ago. Chasing down Rusty Wallace to turn three. Ernie Irvin right there on his bumper. Looked to the inside as they came off the turn. Couldn't do anything with him, but now they'll close in on some slower traffic. And as they move around Brad Teague's automobile, he'll be the first car to go a lap down. That battle heats up. Irvin was hoping he might have a shot there to watch him drift out a little bit high and get underneath him. Not the case. He does this time in turn number two, and Ernie Irvin gets back in the lead. Rusty climbs up. Irvin climbs down, and Irvin takes the lead. Also a good battle for the sixth spot. Dale Earnhardt has just gone to the inside of Morgan Shepard. He grabs that position here on the back straightaway. So things shuffling up just a bit here in the early stages of the Bud 500. Some of the lead cars still bypassing Brad Teague. Ernie Irvin ahead of Rusty Wallace. Bobby Labonte, a good, strong run for that young man. He's in third spot. 
Bill Elliott runs fourth with Ted Musgrave now holding down the fifth spot. Everybody working on the low side of the racetrack. Sixth belongs to Dale Earnhardt. Seventh is Morgan Shepard. Joe Nemechek runs in eighth. Brett Bodine is ninth. And Ward Burton now up to tenth. We could be in for a long day of yellow fever here at Dover. Second caution flag is on the track for an incident that happened in turn two in front of Joe Moore. Billy Standridge working along some heavy traffic coming into the turn. May have got a little help from the rear. The back end came around, slammed into the outside retaining wall. He's ripped the sheet metal off the back of the car and caved it in considerably, but was able to refire the car and drive it back around to the pits. And here he comes now on the pit road, and it looks like the rest of the field is going to stay out there for the moment. Billy Standridge has a lot of sheet metal damage to the tail end of the car. At Dover Downs International Speedway, some of the teams opting for a pit stop here at lap number 28. Included in that group is Rick Mast, whose Skull Classic Ford has come to pit road with flames licking out from beneath the hood of the automobile. Winston? Yes, there are flames coming out from the carburetor area right around the uh, air filter. They put it out. Rick has crawled over the wall. Rick, any idea what happened? No, I don't have a clue. They said we were, uh, somebody said we were leaking something. So we came in to come on pit road to see what the leak was. And when I stopped, everything just flamed up under the dash and the hood. I don't know what we got. Kevin Hamlin and the crew still working on the skull forward. Rick Mass with a good 17th place qualifying run. The fire erupted underneath the air cleaner around the carburetor. So apparently some fuel spurred out onto the uh, hot header pipes, the engine compartment. They have got it extinguished. They'll have to replace some wires to try to get Rick Mass back in to get some of those Winston Cup points. Billy Standridge has just taken his car to the garage area, so that'll give us two automobiles out of this race due to an accident. Harry Gant went out at lap 14. Now Billy Standridge has taken his car to the garage. And it looked like when Standridge came by us, we, we clearly saw the rear bumper that was hanging loose. It almost looked like he had the fuel venting system, the overflow system that had been uh, ripped loose also. Back on pit road, Jimmy Hensley, as the field is going to be getting a one-to-go signal. He's had a number of stops here early, Winston. They're still working on the right side of the car. Again, Jimmy hit the turn two wall. or coming out of turn two on the opening lap of the race after qualifying 10th on the outside row there. And they're still pulling the sheet metal away from the right side of the car, even changing tires. Jimmy didn't pick up positions like Jeff Bodine did, so they've still got a handling problem on Jimmy Hensley's four. Today's broadcast of the Budweiser 500 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Dover Downs International Speedway to MRN Radio solely for the private non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the express written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. We are still under overcast skies in the field thus far, the racing. Guys have been using their heads pretty good, although we've seen a little pushing and shoving down in turns one and two. They put a couple of cars in the wall over there, but uh, for the most part, it's been a pretty clean race. It really has here in the first 30 laps. A quick check from the garage area. Well, Joe Nemechek was on pit road during that stop. They changed the set of tires. Nemechek running the Hoosier tires. The crew said they were very happy with the wear that they saw coming off there. Billy Standard's still strapped in his car here in the garage. A lot of heavy damage to the back end. We'll get a word with him in just a second. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. 
30 laps on the board, getting ready to go back to green flag racing. And at the head of the class right now is Ernie Irvin. Rusty Wallace really has been going at him tooth and nail. Rusty had the lead there for a moment. Irvin was able to take it back away from him just a minute ago. Here's the pace car behind the pit wall. Field comes down to the line. Brad Teague will be the first car down on the inside, a lap down, and they'll bypass him in a hurry as Ernie Irvin takes the green and goes back to turn number one. He's going to have plenty of company. He doesn't shake everybody this time like he did before. They're over in turn two. Rusty Wallace is right there, and Bobby Labonte's not letting him get too far away either. Further back, though, those cars held up a bit by Brad Teague. Bill Elliott and Ted Musgrave lost about five car lengths to the front three. All diving to the lowest portion of the racetrack here on the restart. Still no tire changes for most of the lead automobiles. Rusty Wallace trying to hound away at that lead that's held by Ernie Irvin. They nose to tail back to one. Irvin's trying to hold the car down on the inside of the racetrack because if you come up, that opens up the lane and the opportunity to pass. This time the car drifts a little bit high. Rusty had a shot, but quickly Ernie slammed the door and holds him off yet again. And it becomes very obvious even in the early going, these guys are not going to hold back anything. If the car is dialed in, they're going to go for the lead. Wallace again took a look coming off turn number four down to the inside. Irvin punches that big, strong motor he's got. It goes down into turn number one, not giving him a chance to get underneath him at all. They're back to two. Ernie Irvin holding it right down on the inside line, so Rusty just follows the tire tracks here down the back straightaway. Bobby Labonte drops back by a couple of car lengths and still three or four more car lengths back to fourth place Bill Elliott and fifth place Ted Musgrave. Sixth is Dale Earnhardt. Morgan Shepard runs in the seventh spot now with Brett Bodine eighth. Ninth is Ward Burton, a super run for him. Bobby Hamilton tenth. Eleventh is Todd Bodine and twelfth Jeff Gordon. Let's go to the garage. Billy Sandridge having a look at the back end of his very badly beaten up Ford Thunderbird. Now lifting the hood to get a look at the front end. Billy, what happened? I don't know. Mike Walter run up and bumped me in the rear and bumped me in the wall. You know, I, this early in the race, you know, I, I'd have moved over and let him go if that's what he wanted to do. There's no sense in this. Back end of Billy's car, very, very badly damaged. I doubt we'll see him back today. Two cars caught the wall in turn two moments ago. Mike Wallace and Chuck Bound got together. What was going on is a pack of traffic was trying to work around the Brad T car. It bunched up going into turn one and exploded when they got into turn two. Luckily, both cars able to keep going and minor damage on both. Here's Chuck Bound. He brings his car to pit road immediately. He comes in at lap 36. Let's cover his stop. side tire change. Now they're going around to the left side. They've lost one. Now two laps. Again, Jimmy Finney is pinning down the hood of the car. It's pushed up in reverse speed shape. The Chuck Bound will lose several laps. Mike Wallace also has a pretty good tire up on the right rear of the automobile. The sheet metal caved in on that Heilig Myers Ford, and particularly in the turns as the body takes a shift. We're seeing some smoke billow up off of where that sheet metal is caved in on the tire. 38 laps complete here at Dover Downs. The leader is Ernie Irvin. Rusty Wallace is a car lane back. Now five car lanes back to Bobby Labonte as we've been slowed twice by caution. The leaders are in turn two. Bill Elliott rides fourth. Musgrave is fifth. And sixth now is Dale Earnhardt. He's come a long ways in a short period of time. Further back in seventh, Morgan Shepard. Brett Bodine is eighth. Ninth is the Ward Burton car. Riding tenth now is Bobby Hamilton. Jeff Bodine has knocked off about seven or eight cars. He made a pit stop at about lap 15 and had to go way back toward the tail end of the field, but he's beginning to 
work his way back up toward the front of the pack. He is one of the quicker cars on the speedway right now. 39 laps go up on the scoreboard. The battle for the lead, still a close one. About a car length separate the front two and turn three. Rusty Wallace is right there again, trying to hold the car down to the inside of the track, but unfortunately for him, Ernie Irvin is holding his car down there low as well. So the field works here at lap number 40, still chasing the race leader, Ernie Irvin. Ernie continues to show the way. You know, this year in 11 races, Barney, Ernie Irvin, when you always use the barometer of how you're doing against the Dale Earnhardt, for instance, Ernie has finished better than Earnhardt in eight of the 11 races so far this year. And, of course, that accounts for his points lead, but that's the consistency we're seeing from that uh, Robert Yates team this year. Tell you what, everybody in the garage says that will be the team to beat for the championship this year because they just have a good, solid race team. Robert Yates probably has as good of an engine program as anybody in there. They've got plenty of horsepower. It seems like that Larry McReynolds can get that car to work every week. And if, if you look at the front of the pack, if they don't get caught up in an accident, he's going to be one of the top three or four. But right now, he is the top dog, so to speak. Rusty Wallace again chases him through three and four. And about as close as Rusty can get for the moment will be maybe a car length and two car lengths, and that's about what it'll vary. Meanwhile, they've pulled a long ways away from the third-place car, Bobby Labonte, and the fourth-place car, Bill Elliott. They're all back in turn two. Labonte in third and Elliott in fourth now working some slower traffic. Once again, lapping around the Brad T car. T keeps it down low. Those cars able to go to the outside and make the pass here on the back stretch. Single file is the way they'll start. Let's see how long they stay that way. Good start for Brett Bodine. He comes up through that gearbox in a hurry and maintains the lead in turn number one by a couple of car lengths. Now here comes Ernie Irvin. He goes after him in turn two. Irvin tightens it up right up on the rear bumper of the Quaker State Ford and off turn two. They'll come single file. Rusty Wallace is third. Dale Earnhardt up to fourth and Bill Elliott is fifth. They'll hold that position single file all the way back to Stern. Marlin, he's the first man out of line as he tries to pick off a position and does going to the inside of Greg Sachs. He'll bring uh, the car of Joe Nimichek with him. That's back at 14th spot. Sachs still trying to get back down in line. He can't quite squeeze in between all the cars going by. Ward Burton also having a problem. He didn't come up to speed, got to the outside lane, and everyone is blowing by Ward Burton as they come off turn two. Leaders, though, are on turn four. Hey, what if you get caught in that high groove, you're going to lose an awful lot of positions, and Ward Burton has just found that out. Ernie Irvin goes for the lead. He gets inside. Brett Bodine at the start-finish line. They race into the corner door-to-door, but it doesn't stay that way very long. Brett Bodine tries to pull it back down, and again, another example of getting in the outside lane. He'll lose three spots to Irvin, Rusty Wallace, and to Dale Earnhardt. Here's Bill Elliott trying to make his move on Bodine. Brett tries to make the kamikaze move back to the low side of the racetrack and just does get his Quaker State Trouble car. turn four. Jeff Burton spins around, hits the outside wall. Jeff Bodine also involved. He slides down the wall in the front straightaway, drifts across the racetrack. Now three other other cars involved. Dale Jarrett is collected there. Other cars go towards pit road. Steve Grissom with a super move down pit road to miss a bouncing tire and miss that blocked racetrack. But it is Dale Jarrett with his car crunched up against the inside retaining wall. But again, as Joe said, it began with Jeff Burton and Jeff Bodine getting together through turn number four. And then when the track became blocked and there was nowhere to go, a ton of fellas managed to get through. I don't know if they just held their eyes closed or what it was, but they found a way through. Steve Grissom made the quick thinking move and brought it down the pit lane. And Dale Jarrett now with that Philadelphia Eagles helmet atop his head, climbing out, uh, we would assume, here shortly, as he and Burton and Bodine all have problems. Caution at lap 69. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, 
the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Green flag goes back in the air. Ernie Irvin sets sail. Rusty Wallace takes off. And Dale Earnhardt might put a charge on Rusty Wallace. He did for just a second here in the front straightaway, trying to take away the second position. Earnhardt was trying to slip down to the inside of Rusty Wallace, but Wallace kept that from happening. Now Earnhardt under attack. Brett Bodine's trying to get under him here on the back straightaway. Earnhardt will make the same move that Rusty did to close off that car behind. Earnhardt had really drawn right up on the rear deck of Rusty Wallace on that restart. They didn't touch, but Earnhardt was right there on the rear deck. But now Wallace pulls away by a car length and a half following Ernie Earnhardt. Irvin, the leader. Now Rusty Wallace drifts a little bit high in turn one, takes a shot on the outside of Ernie Irvin, not close enough to make any kind of moves, so he'll fall back in line in single file. Earnhardt is third, Brett Lodine fourth, and Bill Elliott rides fifth. Good strong battle all the way up the front of the pack. About two car lengths separate first through a back about tenth position. Irvin is the leader. A little further back, Morgan Shepard trying to hold off Bobby Labonte as he works on him going over back to turn two. And a good battle shapes up for the 11th spot, too. That's where Darrell Walters trying to hold off Bobby Hamilton. He'll drift high. Hamilton will, and now drop down to the inside. Sterling Marlin on the charge right behind. Now Marlin pulls up alongside Bobby Hamilton. They'll race that way into turn three. Sterling works the low side, then goes up to the high side and comes out in front of Bobby Hamilton. Now he begins to chase down Darrell Waltrip. Three men from the Tennessee area. Darrell from Franklin, Sterling from Columbia, Hamilton from Nashville battling together in turn one. Those are positions 11, 12, and 13. It'll settle down now as they come off the turn, but off turn two, here's Marlin flaring down to the inside. He'll challenge Walter for that position up in turn three. And Sterling Marlin may have the fastest car on the racetrack. He's knocked off about four positions here in two laps. At the front of the pack, it is still Ernie Irvin and Rusty Wallace going at it for the lead as they work out of turn number two. Jeff Gordon tries to pick up a spot here as he comes into the turn, trying to get underneath Hunt Strickland for about the eighth position. That failed, so they'll go back into single file. Meanwhile, the Tennessee battle continues. Bobby Hamilton trying to get under Darrell Waltrip, and Ricky Rudd tries to get in the mix as well, but they'll all fall out into single file up in turn four. Here at of turn number four. Ernie Irvin with the lead by two car lanes on Rusty Wallace. Then they've got about two seconds back to the third place car of Dale Earnhardt. Brett Bodine fourth. Bill Elliott fifth. Morgan Shepard is sixth. Bobby Labonte runs seventh. Jeff Gordon runs eighth. Ninth belongs to Ted Musgrave. And tenth now is Hutch Strickland, who came awfully close to the wall a short while ago in turn two. Actually lost a couple of positions. He'd been running in eighth. And then when he seemed to almost brush the wall, he had to gather it back up before uh, dropping back into tenth. Did a good job of keeping it from really wrinkling the car up over there in turn number two and that seems to have been one of the trouble spots up there guys getting loose and almost getting into the wall Joe Nemechek is having a pretty good run he's still hanging up there, he was in the top ten most of the day, he's dropped back to twelfth position right now, let's see if we can get a report from his pit Waddell Wilson standing here, time in the car Waddell, you fell back early on that first stop, but it looks like the two tires aren't slowing you down at all No, there's nothing we planned on doing because we finished early just to make sure watching Joe Nemechek. They stopped early under the very first caution and took on four tires that none of the other teams hardly came down pit road. That got them way back on the racetrack. So on the next caution when everybody pitted, they only took two, gained themselves back some track position, and again, just two tires doesn't seem to be slowing them down against the teams that changed all four. That's another one of the teams that we talked about that seems to have turned things around. They've struggled for the last couple of years. Larry Hedrick has pumped a ton of money into the team and had all kinds of personnel over the years work for him, trying to find that right combination that will make everything work, and they seem to have things going their way in the last four or five races. Right now it is nine-tenths of a second, almost a full second, for Urban oh, as one car tags three. the wall. 
One car goes shooting up into the wall and turns three and four, comes down the banking and halts to a stop. It looks as though Jimmy Spencer is the car involved. It is the McDonald's machine as the golden arches now are rumpled on the left side of the car as it just shot up the banking between turns three and four, came back down the 24-degree banking and has now come to a total stop. So Jimmy Spencer brings this race to a uh, halt here on the fifth caution flag of the day, lap number 96. We've just gone back to green flag racing here at the Budweiser 500 at Dover, Delaware. Ernie Irvin continues as the race leader. Took the lead at lap 68. Jeff Gordon now with that great pit stop running right behind him in second. Rusty Wallace just took the third spot away from Morgan Shepard in the last time here off turn number two. Now Brett Bodine on the move. He's back in fifth trying to get by Shepard as well at the end of the back straightaway. And again, Sterling Marlin, we talked about how strong that car was a little bit earlier. He's picked off about four positions since they went back under green as he's slicing through traffic trying to get up to the front of the pack. He's back at about four 14th or 15th position. At the front of the field, Ernie Irvin leads by two car lengths off turn two. Jeff Gordon's got the second spot. Five car lengths back where Rusty Wallace sits all alone. And then there's about three car lengths back to a great battle between Morgan Shepard and Brett Bodine. Brett trying to get to the inside of the racetrack. Shepard for now holding him off. Morgan Shepard driving for the Wood Brothers, the winningest car ownership group here at Dover Downs history. They have won seven times at the Monster Mile, holding off the challenge of Brett Bodine. It goes to the inside of Morgan in turn one. Racing for fourth and Brett Bodine takes the inside, grabs the position. Morgan's trying to come back down the racetrack. Before he can, though, Dale Earnhardt gets by. Bill Elliott also makes the move to pick up the spot. Shepard loses four positions. And Morgan's got all kinds of problems. He simply cannot keep that car down on that white line at the bottom of the racetrack. And every time it kicks up, anybody nearby just simply drives underneath him. Mark Martin's got his hands full, heading off into turn number one. Sterling Marlin trying to move around him along with Hut Strickland as they work on him off turn two. Martin's in the eighth position and Hut Strickland right behind, really knocking on the door trying to go to the inside as Hutt goes wide. Now it's Sterling Marlin going to the inside. He'll try to grab that spot. He'll drift up now and be in danger of losing a spot of his own. But Sterling recovers and gets back to the low side of the racetrack before Bobby Labonte can get by. Ernie Irvin continues to lead. He also leads the True Value Hard Charger standings through the first 100 laps of the day. You know, the True Value competition is where points are given to the drivers in positions one through five of every lap. Those points are then multiplied by the length of the speedway and total up over the course of the season for a big $25,000 payoff at the end of the year. So Ernie Irvin leads the race and leads the True Value Hard Charger competition here at lap 108. He's back in turn two. Jeff Gordon still hangs on to the second spot, but now Rusty Wallace from third is starting to close that gap. He's sneaking up on the rear deck of the DuPont Chevrolet as they head back to turn three. Best racing is going on about eighth position back there. Here's Hut Strickland trying to hold on to it as they go into turn number three and diving underneath him. Here comes Sterling Marlin and he moves him one notch further back in the pack. Now a couple of other cars. Bobby Labonte is underneath Hutt as he is caught in the place you don't want to be, and that's in that outside groove over in turn two. So Marlon moves to ninth. Bobby Labonte moves to tenth. The eleventh now to Ted Musgrave. Still Hutt Strickland trying to get back down before he can. Ricky Rudd will come by. He'll grab a spot. He'll leave the door open. Ken Schrader's trying to move by as well. Closer to the front, Rusty Wallace has made the move in and around Jeff Gordon to take over second spot. Gordon third. Brett Bodine fourth. Also on the move, Mark Martin. He used the inside groove to get around sixth place Morgan 
Shepard. So Mark Martin on the move towards the front, but still Sterling Marlin might have one of the quicker cars on the racetrack. Of course, the quickest is the Ernie Irvin machine. Since the restart here, just a handful of laps ago, Ernie has pulled off with a comfortable lead. Here he comes to the stripe, and the separation is nine-tenths of a second again. Same edge he had a short while ago, if you remember, over Rusty Wallace. He's back in two. We're talking a few moments ago about Hutch Strickland trying to get back in line. That's been about four laps ago, and still he has not pulled back down on the inside. Every time he gets a shot to do it, there's somebody there. The time being now, it's Kyle Petty and Terry Labonte making the move. Bobby Hamilton stepping up next as Hutt struggles in that outside lane. And a lot of times, you're just going to have to force your way back in there, but we saw what happens sometimes when you do that, coming through three and four. We've seen a couple of accidents where guys got caught in the outside line and tried to pin the way back to the bottom of the racetrack, make a little contact, and all of a sudden, you got four or five cars spinning around. So Hutt has just lost about eight or nine positions due to no, nothing he can do about it, just being caught in the outside lane. Ernie Irvin really got her in the wind here this afternoon. Rusty Wallace got around everybody else to try and chase him down, but Rusty's not losing any ground, but he's not gaining all that much either, Joe Moore. Maintaining about 10 car lengths behind the race leader. Good battle, though, is from 7th on back. They're stacked up like a freight train there, all following Mark Martin, who's in the 7th spot. Morgan Shepard is there, Sterling Marlin and Bobby Labonte, and now side-by-side side goes Ken Schrader and Ted Musgrave. Kenny Schrader has not been this high in the point standings this deep into the season ever in his Winston Cup career. He holds off the Ted Musgrave challenge. They battle for 12th spot back in a turn number one. Still holding and waiting to see if an opening occurs. They'll hold those positions and go single file once again coming up off turn number two. Sterling Marlin starting to put some pressure on Morgan Shepard. We talked earlier about Shepard not being able to hold his car down at the bottom of the racetrack. Seems to be hooked up pretty well now. He's continually being successful in holding Marlin off. 115 laps are on the scoreboard here at Dover this afternoon. We've been under overcast skies all day long. Had a little light rain shower a little bit earlier that delayed the race just a little bit. Here's a good battle going on in front of Joe Moore in turn three. Racing for third. Brett Bodine gets the inside line on Jeff Gordon. He'll pick up that position and Gordon falls back in line ahead of Dale Earnhardt. Well, Brett works awfully well going into the corner. Gets that position away from Jeff Gordon. It also allows Dale Earnhardt to close in just a little bit more here at lap number 116. If you're just joining us, this is a certified exact one mile racetrack. So 500 laps make up the 500 miles here today. The leader, Ernie Irvin, putting a lap now on some of the slower cars as he picks his way around Greg Sachs coming off the corner. Rusty Wallace is running in second. Rusty was here just a couple of weeks ago. He did the tire test for the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company here and said the tires are good. And he's also coming back with Midnight, his favorite race car here. If you're not familiar, he used that car at Charlotte last Sunday as well. It's a Ronnie Hopkins chassis, but that car has just been remarkable. It has 10 wins. Think about this. 10 wins and 21 top five finishes in 23 races. That's almost unheard of. That's a pretty good record. I'm sure a lot of guys would like to have. Uh, talking about race cars, too, uh, I was laughing with Eddie Wood down there. I think you were the one that uh, dug it out up at Martinsville that they had the car called, what, Old Ugly or whatever Yeah, Old it was. Ugly, yeah. And uh, I said, you guys got a new car here? And he started laughing. I said, what's the matter? He said, uh, you must have been talking to Eli. He said, uh, he found out we had a car up there called Old Ugly. That's what we've got here this weekend again. And uh, so he said maybe it'll do pretty good. They had a pretty good run going with it up there, I think, until they had some kind of a problem. But 
today. Morgan's having a good run with the car here. He's up, what, in ninth position right now. He's been up in the top ten most of the day. 119 laps are up on the scoreboard. We talked about Brett Bonine having a good, strong run. I asked Brett yesterday, is this team as solid as it appears to be? Oh, there's no question. You know, uh, uh, we had a reorganization uh, during the offseason. Uh, we've got people in charge now that everybody's co- uh, uh, confident with and comfortable with, and that means all the difference in the world amongst the race team. you got to remember, this is a team. This isn't just a driver. It isn't just a car owner, and it just isn't a crew chief. It's all the people behind the scenes working hard together, believing in who they've got is, is their boss and who their driver is and who their car owner is. That's what makes it a team, and this is definitely a team sport, and without that team spirit, you're going nowhere. That team is working real good here today, and they have really been putting out a lot of effort in recent weeks. It's paying off for them this afternoon. But if this race runs true to form, as you and I have been coming here for a lot of years, there will be a segment where there will be three or four cars will be kind of dominant, like Ernie is right now, and Rusty's been up there at the front of the pack. But somewhere within, uh, what, 200 miles, that'll change. Maybe it'll be Earnhardt up there, Mark Martin up there, or Bill Elliott up there. And it'll even change again as we get down to that final 100 laps. That's just the nature of this racetrack. 138 laps show up on the scoreboard. Ernie Irvin will be catching the tail end of the field, so to speak, here in just a moment. He's going to have to thread his way through an awful lot of traffic. If he keeps the pace up, he is sitting right now. The first car he'll catch will be Dave Marcus heading off into turn number one. As they swing down there, Joe Moore, he's got a lot of traffic to work his way through here in just about five more laps. A lot of cars up ahead, probably about the length of the straightaway in front of Ernie Irvin. He'll catch in the next 20, 25 laps or so, and a lot of those cars are racing side by side. A couple of those are cars that were up in the top ten early this afternoon. Names like Ward Burton, Morgan Shepard, Ted Musgrave all running strong earlier have each kind of taken their turn in this thing we call getting out of the groove. When you get up out of the bottom side of the racetrack and drift up it seems like here at Dover it takes forever to get back down in line and usually forever translates to the rear of the field. That's what's happened with all these guys. Of course there's a lot of traffic here. Only Harry Gant, Billy Standridge, Jeff Bodine, Jeff Burton and Brad Teague along with Jimmy Spencer are in the garage area. Others are still on the racetrack and as a matter of fact, Dave Marcus running in 29th, as Ronnie just told you, is the last car on the lead lap, so uh, we've had so many caution laps, and the five caution periods, it has kept things fairly bunched up, and that's why the leaders are having to pick their way around very, very carefully. Lead car, Ernie Irvin, now puts Dave Marcus a lap down, going up into turn number three. Next man in his crosshairs is D.W., Darrell Waltrip. He's running in 28th position now here at start-finish. And he's only a couple of car lengths away from putting him a lap down as they work back into turn number one takes a look to the low side. Daryl is aware he's there. Let's see if he can keep him back there. Ernie looks to the outside now, coming off turn two, and now flashes down to the inside to pull up alongside the Western Auto Chevrolet. You clear the car easy at turn three. Well, Daryl was just kind of sitting there watching because he just couldn't keep up with Ernie Irvin who came right right by and now pulls away in the span of a quarter of a lap. He'll pull away by eight or nine car lanes from Daryl Waltrip. Now there's a good bit of traffic ahead of the race leaders. He sees five cars directly ahead of him. Mike Wallace directly in front of the Lake Speed car. Mike Waltrip is there, Ted Musgrave, several others that Ernie will be catching in the next lap or two. Ernie Irvin has got that car on a string here this afternoon. Just about every time we come to Dover, there'll be one or two cars that really find a groove at the bottom of that racetrack. And if you can put those wheels down to that white line, which is right almost on the flat surface, you can really get around here. The next car he'll be catching will be Mike Wallace. He's out of turn two. Those cars all now running single file. A little bit earlier, they were going side by side, so it should make it a little bit easier for Irvin as he approaches them now for turn number three, all down to the inside of the racetrack. But Irvin now starts choosing his lanes up off turn four. Of course, nothing 
nothing is easy when you're trying to put a man a lap down because that is uh, the beginning of a long day for the person that you're about to lap. Mike Wallace, first man in his sights, 27th place runner. He won here yesterday, not running quite as well today. Irvin looks down to the inside of Wallace and the Heidegmeyer's Ford coming down the back straightaway. Wallace sees him coming, drifts up, opens the lane, and lets Ernie go by to put a lap on him. Tell you what, the way Ernie Irvin's got the car hooked up, he doesn't have to re- be in a real big hurry to get around anybody because he can find just a little daylight at the top of the racetrack or at the bottom. That's just how good that car is. He's boxed in real good this time out of turn two. It's a little busier this time. The two cars he's trying to get by, Mike Waltrip and Lake Speed, are racing side-by-side directly ahead of the race leader. Now they sort it out and go single file, so now Irvin has a chance to make a move. He'll first look around on the outside of Speed. And elects not to go that way. He'll come off turn four and go to the inside of Lake Speed's quality care Ford. So put Lake a lap down now, and Michael Waltrip is next to be challenged. Michael running in 25th spot. Ernie Irvin climbs the banking in turn number one, peeks around on the outside, sees he can't make the move there. He'll fall back in line and just follow the tire tracks of uh, the Michael Waltrip cars that come down the back straightaway. All this traffic the leader's having to negotiate is allowing Rusty Wallace to close in from the second spot now. But he's not gaining all that much ground. Rusty is still about a third of the straightaway behind the leader. It's a long ways back to the third and fourth place cars of Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon. They, too, are having to work around some of that lap traffic or traffic that will be lapped uh, as soon as the leader gets around them. Ernie Irvin continues his march through the field here at Dover Downs International Speedway. 151 laps complete in the Budweiser 500 alongside Barney Hall. I'm Eli Gold. Joe Moore covering the action of the turns today. Our pit reporting trio of Winston Kelly, Dick Brooks, and Alan Bestwick, and the inimitable Mike Bagley providing support up here in the booth. We welcome you to the first state of our nation, Dover, Delaware, and the Bud 500. Ernie Irvin continues his work here today, very methodically now, lapping up to the 23rd place runner. While you were gone, Jeff Gordon made a nice move in turn number three around Dale Earnhardt, and as he almost slid back up the banking, he yanked the car back down low, and Earnhardt couldn't get back around. Jeff Gordon, what's your strategy for today? We just want to be there and, and, and not abuse any of the tires, the equipment, try to stay out of trouble and hope that those brakes go our way again, and be there that last hundred or fifty miles and, uh, and really, really racing then. Thoughts of Jeff Gordon, who's racing him right now up to fourth spot here at only lap 154, still some 350 laps to go. Tell you what, sometimes when you get the momentum in the corner like Jeff had last weekend out of Charlotte, it's kind of hard to slow you down, and uh, he is really pumped up still on cloud nine here this weekend. Uh, we talked to him a little bit in the garage. He said, I think we can come back and back up the win we had down there with another one here this weekend, and maybe they can. 154 laps are up on the board. Rusty Wallace is just a little bit better than a full second behind Ernie Irvin due to all this traffic that they're having to both get through around the racetrack. As Ernie goes back into turn number one, again, there's about three, maybe four cars directly ahead. He's going to have to thread his way around. That might allow Rusty to shorten it up just a little bit more. Rusty's not being quite as successful moving through traffic as Irvin is. We've talked several times about Irvin looking to the outside. If he sees an open lane, he'll make the move to the outside. More often than not, of course, he takes the inside lane. That's the favorite groove here at Dover. But Rusty doesn't seem to have that opportunity. He doesn't even try on the outside lane. His car will drift up off the bottom of the racetrack sometimes. He has to slow down in many cases and just follow the slower car at their chosen rate of speed until something opens up down on the inside. That's the case right now for Rusty. He's kind of blocked in behind Lake Speed's car and really got a handful trying to get by that and two other cars racing side by side directly ahead. That's John Andretti who's just gone four laps down and Mike Waltrip who is also a lap down. For Trouble in turn time. number one as Dick Trickle's car goes up the banking, slaps the outside retaining wall and caution is on the speedway. Ernie Irvin remains the race leader. Caution is on the speedway now. 
with an incident in turn number one. We're getting set to go back to green right now at lap number 181 is when the green flag will fly. Ernie Irvin ahead of Rusty Wallace, Dale Earnhardt third. Fourth is Jeff Gordon. Fifth is Brett Bodine. Kenny Schrader runs sixth. Mark Martin seventh. Bill Elliott is eighth. Ninth is Joe Nimichek. And tenth on the restart, Derek Cope. And Kyle Petty had hoped maybe to get back on the tail end of the lead lap. He was the first car down inside the leader. It won't work. Kyle gets shuffled back. Two cars back behind first and second place as they work off turn two. Ernie and Rusty both get by Kyle Petty. Now it's Dale Earnhardt diving down to the inside of the Ricky Rudd car. Right behind him, Jeff Gordon. He'll make his move down to the inside of Ricky Rudd in turn three. Rusty Wallace staying right with Ernie Irvin this time coming out of turn number four. Last time around by this time, Ernie had himself a lead of nine tenths of a second. Rusty's going after him for the lead and one. Rusty's got the lane on the inside of the track. Flashes by and takes the top spot. Ernie Irvin, all he can do is fall back in line in single file and follow the new race leader, Rusty Wallace, down the back straightaway back to three. They must have made a couple of adjustments on Rusty's car because all of a sudden he could drive it right down to the flat part of the racetrack just like Ernie Irvin's been able to do all afternoon and in doing so he grabs the lead. Front two began to pull away. Jeff Gordon's third. Earnhardt works on him for third place as they go down into turn two. Jeff Gordon got it hooked up down on the inside of the racetrack. He flashed by Earnhardt. Now Earnhardt held up in traffic. He's trying to get by the Kyle Petty car. He'll finally clear that machine. Brett Bodine trying to break out of traffic. Further back, Ken Schrader backed him behind a heavy pack of traffic. The man of the front two ever broken away so quickly. Here comes Ernie Irvin back to the inside of Rusty Wallace. They're running a second and a half ahead of third place. Gordon and now Ernie retakes the lead going in a one. Ernie Irvin brings him off the corner this time. Rusty Wallace right there peeking down to the inside. He'll try to pull even halfway down the back straightaway. Rusty has the inside lane. Ernie's going to have to give way. He drifts high. Rusty's back in front. Earnhardt is way off the pace as he went off turn number two, down to the apron of the racetrack. Here comes Dale Earnhardt. He'll be heading to pit road, and Earnhardt's car might have broken. Can't tell if he cut a tire, didn't see any smoke come out of the car, but uh, Dale Earnhardt is on pit road. We'll follow that story here in just a moment. Let's go down to the pits. Here he comes down towards the attention of Andy Petrie and the crew coming very slowly down the pit lane. They've got tires in hand. They've got right side tires. No motion yet to go to left side tires, so apparently a problem on the right side for Earnhardt. Here he comes comes to a stop as Ernie Irvin and Rusty Wallace flash by. There'll be no left side tires, just the two right. Here's Andy Peter working on the right front. The right front tire is up. It's a little worn, but it is up. Here's the uh, right rear tire also looks to be up, so we'll check further and see what the problem was, but Earnhardt's down and away. He lost one lap. Dale Earnhardt goes back onto the racetrack. Meanwhile, the battle at the front of the pack is still a good one, although Rusty Wallace now says, well, just take it on, Ernie, and Ernie has. He's pulled away some five car lanes. Now let's check in with Alan Bestwick. For the story on Dale Earnhardt's stop, I followed up with crew chief Andy Petrie. They checked both of those right side tires. They were both fine. Neither one was flat. They said Dale thought he had a flat. The car felt funny. They came in and changed him to be sure, but both of the tires we're up. Now they're just a little bit behind. Earnhardt is very much up to speed right now. The leaders aren't gaining any ground on him at all as he goes off into turn number one. Lap 194 up on the board here at Dover Downs. Rusty Wallace has taken the lead yet again coming out of turn number four. Got a couple of heavyweights going toe-to-toe. He and Ernie Irvin just swapping the lead around. Ernie led through lap 182. Rusty led for three laps. Then Ernie took the lead back for a handful. Now Rusty has reassumed it again. And this time, Rusty Wallace Wallace pulls away from Ernie Irvin by about six or seven car lengths. If you're following Jeff Burton's progress after being involved in an accident back on lap 69, he has just returned. He is 121 laps down, and Dick Trickle has walked out of the infield care center. Dick is here looking over the remains of the right front tire on his car. Dick, you looked over the tire. It sure went in a big way. What happened? 
just got down the end of the front straightaway, and I, I heard a big kaboom, you know, and the car just went straight ahead, you know. So the active trucking, oh, you know, we, we were just starting to get the push out of it. We've been pushing a little bit through the day, so I think with the push of the car, it was hard on the right front. So Dick Trickle has a very badly damaged car that they're working on now, but it's not likely they're going to get back in the race. We heard that first kaboom. It was, oh, trouble in turn number three. Brett Bodine's car breaks loose. He has heard the big kaboom as well. He'll spin it off the banking, down to the apron of the racetrack, and he will be able to head down the pit lane directly to Donnie Richardson and the crew. But problems with the Quaker State Ford, and he is not even going to make it now. The car stops totally. A smoking hulk of a machine there on the apron of the track it broke loose and tagged the outside wall between turns three and four. Caution. Seventh time, lap number 197. And boy, those big kabooms, as Dick Trickle called them, are catching a lot of fellows today. Twelve cars in a row, plus Morgan Shepard on the tail end of the lead lap. Those 13 machines make up the lead lap here. 203 on the board of 500. Green flag in the air from Doyle Ford. Morgan Shepard stays out in front of Rusty Wallace. Wallace is the race leader, wants to put Morgan a lap down if he can, but for the moment, he can't. Can't get by Morgan and also can't get by Kyle Petty, who's trying to get one of his laps back. Kyle dives down to the inside of the racetrack, blocking Rusty. Here comes Earnhardt, also trying to get a lap back. He's up alongside Rusty Wallace. Wallace in three. And Wallace drifts up a little bit and he'll scoot up and Earnhardt gets underneath him. And a good move by Kyle Petty in keeping Rusty, making him try to get around on the outside. And in doing so, he's got himself back on the lead lap. Three cars now on the tail end of the lead lap, directly in front of the leader, Rusty Wallace, off turn two. Rusty's trying to get back around Earnhardt, coming off turn two. Earnhardt flares out wide. Rusty had a shot down low, but now will fall back in line and follow him. Single file back to three. They'll work single file on the low side of the racetrack. Wallace gets a good bite, tries to put Earnhardt back down a lap again. Remember, Rusty doesn't have new tires. Is it hurting him, Alan? Well, actually, that we stepped away from their pit just for a second to go into the garage area. Looks like it's hurting him on the racetrack. We'll talk with Brett Bodine here, who's climbed out of his car. Brett, what happened? Uh, I don't know. Morgan must have thought it was last lap of the race or something. Uh, you know, he I got caught behind the lap car just making sure I got by him clean. And, you know, he had a run on me down the back straightaway. And when we got the third turn, he run in the back of me. Car turned sideways. I just, oh! taken out by a lap car that's that's pretty bad you know i i just feel bad for the guys and the sponsor quaker state and everybody it's, it's been a hard year and it looks like we're going to turn it around today red boys having a good run until the accident they're going to try and fix the car they're looking over now and i'll head back to the rusty wallace pit in just a minute here Eli. we'll get a word with buddy parrott Rusty Wallace, uh, again, has not been able to do anything with those three cars that are directly ahead of him. Morgan Shepard, who is on the tail end of the lead lap. Kyle Petty kept Rusty from going to the bottom of the racetrack, tried to make him work around the outside. Rusty couldn't do it. In doing so, Kyle gets back up there, and so did Dale Earnhardt. Those three cars directly ahead of the leader, Rusty Wallace, as they go back to turn number two. But nobody else is catching Rusty as they head up to you, Joe Moore. Rusty's got about ten car lengths on Jeff Gordon. Ernie Irvin's right behind him. Joe Nemechek made a great move around Mark Martin about three laps ago, and Nemechek has moved up to the fourth position. Back in the field a little ways. Good battle for fifth for a while. Bill Elliott got trapped out of line because of some lap traffic. He went up and three cars went under. It was Ken Schrader who took fifth. Six went to Sterling Marlin and Todd Bodine out to seventh. Yeah, you get out of line just the least little bit here at Dover and you lose a number of positions and especially on the restart to be bypassed not only by cars on the lead lap 
but also by cars who are a number of laps down. Setting the field for you right now, they are showing 14 cars on the lead lap. Rusty Wallace ahead of Jeff Gordon, running in the battle for the lead also is Ernie Irvin. He's being posted in third. Nemechek is fourth. Mark Martin fifth. Schrader is sixth. Sterling Marlin is seventh. Todd Bodine, a super run in eighth. Bill Elliott back to ninth. Tenth is Derek Cope, who was a former winner here at Dover Downs. Eleventh belongs to Ward Burton. Twelfth now is Bobby Hamilton. Morgan Shepard is thirteenth. Fourteenth is Dale Earnhardt. Those fourteen cars on the lead lap as we check back to Pitt Road with Allen. Just about two, Buddy Parrott. Eli, working my way through the maze of running up and down the, the area behind the pit road here at Dover. It's kind of narrow, and having just made these stops, all these teams are headed up that way to uh, get their gas cans refilled. Here's Buddy having to bend down from the top of the toolbox again. No tires that time, Buddy. Why? Well, Rusty said the car felt real good, and uh, we're just trying to look at, look at uh, lap 400, 450 on strategy and stuff. So, uh, we, you know, we're just playing a little game, I guess. We're trying to learn a little something about the tires and also, uh, you know, um, get by them in a minute, uh, they'll be able to lap down again. So, anyway, the Miller Junior driver Ford is doing a great job today. The guys in pit crew. Rusty driving a smart race out there. He's driving back when he needs to. Hopefully we come out of here. We want to we win this over monster miles. Alright, that's Buddy Parrott. He says they've got plenty of time to work with, so they tried something. What happens if they don't put any tires on? How badly does it hurt them? They're going to find out right now. Well, uh, just a moment ago, he had a big interval on everybody else, the second, third, and fourth place car. That has diminished greatly in the last five laps around as Jeff Gordon begins to run down the leader, Rusty Wallace, and in doing so, Joe Nemechek and Ernie Irvin are with him. They're up to turn three. Nemechek got by the uh, Ernie Irvin car several laps ago, made a move by him. He's picked up a lot of ground, and they're all tightening up on race leader, Rusty Wallace. They are beginning to close in now. They weren't for a short while, but now Jeff Gordon's on the move. Joe Nemechek, Ernie Irvin, all beginning to set their sights on Rusty Wallace. Meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt and Morgan Shepard on the tail end of the lead lap in 13th and 14th, having an awfully good battle. Earnhardt's trying to get by Shepard because he sees Rusty's coming up, tries to sneak down on the inside of the track in turn two, and Shepard slams the door, not able to make the move, so single file. Back to turn number three. Earnhardt's down on the edge of the racetrack. He'll try to squeeze by and four. He drives it below the white line. That's how good that car is handling, and in doing so, he'll get around Morgan Shepard to move up a little bit closer in the field. At least he is leading the pack. He's not the leader of the race, but he's leading that pack of traffic right in front of the leader, Rusty Wallace. As Rusty looks back, they're getting closer and closer to him over in turn three. Jeff Gordon in the second place car now. With that, about five car lengths of the race leader, and right on his bumper, the Joe Nemechek car, and beside, rather right behind him, is the Ernie Irvin machine, and again, they're all nose to tail. Ernie Irvin running in fourth spot, still leads the True Value Hard Charger competition. Now at lap 217, so there's been no change atop that battle, as Ernie has been the uh, comfortable leader here today. As a matter of fact, in True Value points, Ernie has a commanding lead on Dale Earnhardt and Rusty Wallace for the seasonal honors. He's some 3,000 points ahead of Dale Earnhardt and Rusty Wallace after the first 11 races of the year. 218 going up on the board. Good scramble again among the cars that are a lap down, and now Kyle Petty is there trying to hold the position if he can, but he's got a handful. Kyle's trying to get to the 
low side of Morgan Shepard going into turn one. Rusty was right behind Kyle. Thought the lane would open up. He was going to follow Kyle through, but that didn't work. Now one car breaks loose in turn two. Derek Cope spins up the banking, collects Ward Burton. Steve Grissom involved as well. Grissom still rolling here on the back straightaway. Derek Cope able to roll away, but Ward Burton in the Hardy Chevrolet, who had a great top ten run going, seems to have a lot of trouble here on the back stretch. His cars come to rest. Caution is on the speedway. It'll be the eighth one of the afternoon. It comes out at lap 219, and over there in turn number two has been one of the trouble spots all day long here at Dover. Let's go back to Joe Moore. Ward has been working on Derek Cope for the last few laps, and his car really seemed to be kicking in. They were battling for the 11th position. Ward had pulled up alongside him several times, and once they got into turn two, as you say, a spot that's caused a lot of problems for a lot of drivers today. One of the cars just broke loose. They collected, and Ward kind of got squeezed in between Derek Cope's car and the inside retaining wall. Steve Grissom, unfortunately, was right there on top of it. He was involved in the crash as well. He got a lot of damage on his car, but again, everybody drove away except for Ward, and he's got a lot of front-end damage on his Chevrolet. Green flag is in the air. Ernie Urban sets sail right behind him. Mark Martin trying to chase him down as they get down to the bottom of the racetrack in one and two. Those two cars clear themselves of some of the lap traffic. Two cars separate them from the third-place car in line, Jeff Gordon. Matter of fact, there's four cars in between him and the front two. Rusty Wallace buried back in the traffic along with Joe Nimicek, the fifth-place car. Everybody works on the low side of the racetrack except Nimicek. He goes to the high side now, trying to get around the Hut Strickland car. Hut ran near the lead automobiles early. He's now being shown at 13th, the lap down. No battle for the lead right now as Urban holds the edge by a car length. We go to pit road. Out in the garage, Ward Burton just come out of the infield care center. Ward, tough luck. What did you see in front of you? I don't know. 98 car was kind of slow off the corner, and I'd gotten under him five or six laps, but he was intent to keep me back there, and he, I think he just checked up in the middle of the corner. Hell, I run right into him, but Just the same, but that's racing. I just wish uh, we all got to learn to use a head sometime. That's Ward Burton. He is out of the race right now, but he's fine. 227 laps are on the board, and the wick has been turned up at the front of the pack as they chase Ernie Irvin. Mark Martin, who hasn't been that strong a factor, he's been up in the top three or four a couple of times a day, but he's got a shot to take the lead away as they work down to turn three. Sterling Marlin among that bunch as well. He's now riding in the third position right there with Mark Martin. Then comes the lap traffic before a great battle for fourth. Rusty to the inside of Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon gave him just about a foot and a half off the low side of the racetrack. That was the only opening Rusty needed. He'll go by Gordon, and Nimitschek may make a move also back up the banking in one. Jeff Gordon can't bring it back down the banking in time to block that inside lane, and so Nemechek will take the invitation and pull by and pick up the spot. Now Gordon's able to fall back in line in single file. 229 laps about to come up on the scoreboard, yet to reach the halfway mark here this afternoon in the Budweiser 500. Down to the line, Ernie Irvin, just two car lengths ahead of Mark Martin, and Sterling Marlin is the car that is really on the move. He's had one of the strongest cars all day long as he tries to catch the front two down the back straightaway. Marlin's car holding right down of the inside lane of the track coming through one that turns one and two. He's about five car lengths behind the Mark Martin car, the second place machine. They all go single file back off turn four. They'll all hold their position. The first men out of line running back about 18th place right now as working through traffic. Bobby Labonte's car comes off the low side of the racetrack. He has Chuck Bounds' car there, Dave Marcus, Lake Speed, and Michael Wallace. All of those cars battling for position. But closer to the front it's still a car length and a half for Ernie Irvin on Mark Martin. And they drop 
back to Sterling Marlin. He's about five car lanes further behind. And now Nimichek, he'll make the move around the outside of the Ricky Rudd automobile. If you're just joining us, Ricky being shown six laps down, or rather five laps down right now, after problems that kept him on the racetrack's uh, pit road for an extended stay. We're getting to see some of the new names that have come into racing in the last couple of years on a weekly basis now be up in the top ten. Joe Nimichek has had some good runs this year. That team is beginning to get things turned around. He's having a good, solid run here this afternoon. Of course, Jeff Gordon collecting his first win last week down at Charlotte, and he currently also is being able to run up at the front of the pack most of the day. Kenny Schrader is watching him before that last caution came out, and Kenny's car seems to be getting the longer they're able to stay out there, the better that car gets. He's having a pretty good run here this afternoon, and Joe Moore, he's got a lot of traffic around him. A lot of traffic there and a lot of traffic up front as well. Mark Martin has just taken the lead. Ernie Irvin went high to get around the Steve Grissom car, which just came off pit road. Mark Martin went low, and now Irvin's going to try it again. But Martin holds him off at the stripe, so for the first time since the race at Martinsville back on the 24th of April, Mark Martin leads, but he held the lead for just about a couple of hundred feet. He has now dropped back to second spot, but nevertheless, that was good enough for five bonus points leading at the stripe, as the lead now is held by Ernie Irvin. On pit road, Derek Cope is still there. The hood remains up on the finger hut car, and Steve Grissom is going to the garage area after an extended stay on the pit lane and work to try and get the car back up to speed. His day apparently done. Ernie Irvin back atop the leaderboard, lap 234 there in turn two. Mark Martin's the one with his hands full now. He's got the second spot in Sterling. Marlon wants it. Marlon's all over the rear deck and stacked up behind Marlon, the Rusty Wallace car, and Joe Nemechek all nose to tail. Four cars struggling for second place. Mark Martin has it. Three others right behind him would like to take it away. Sterling Marlon's had got a good, strong car. He won't be able to do anything here in the front straightaway. May try to get underneath Mark as they go over to turn two, but if he slips a little bit himself, Rusty Wallace is going to move underneath him. All going single file down the back straightaway. No one trying to make a move to the inside or outside. All the while, Ernie Irvin continues stretching out his lead. Ernie Irvin's lead now being about a seven or eight car length advantage on Mark Martin, if that much. Sterling Marlin still running in the third spot, though Rusty Wallace is sizing him up for a possible pass. It won't come this time, or will it, as Rusty looks inside of turn two. Marlin now beginning to drift up a little bit, just what Rusty's looking for to try to get that lane down on the inside. Marlin pulls it down in plenty of time to keep him from getting by. So again, Rusty falls back in line behind Sterling Marlin. 243 laps. We're seven laps away from the halfway point of the Budweiser 500. No change in the running order at the front of the pack. They're still chasing Ernie Irvin. Mark Martin is second, about a half a second back. Then it is Sterling Marlin and Rusty Wallace and Joe Nemechek. Four laps shy of halfway here at the Budweiser 500. We're at Dover Downs International Speedway. It's warming up a bit outside. Folks putting on some suntan lotion as they kind of settle down now for the middle stages of the event. Steve Grisham is in the garage area wishing his day was a bit better than it actually is. Alan? Steve is uh, still sitting in the car. He's got the full face helmet on, so we'll try and talk with him through that if we can. Steve, that, that's all right. Don't tip the helmet. Bad luck. It was, unfortunately, uh, kind of went the wrong way there. But I tell you, these guys are working hard. Uh, we got quite a bit of fun here, and we get straight back out, get back out there. Steve was starting to take the helmet off there so he could talk to us, but they're working pretty close to finishing up this car, so we'll let him leave the helmet on. He said, just uh, bad luck. They'll try and get it fixed. He's, he's got a lot of company the way that has worked here today with all the accidents that we've been talking about that have sent cars to the garage area. 
248 laps on the board, two shy of the halfway mark here this afternoon. It is still Ernie Urban who's had the dominant car most of the day. Right now he has an advantage of one and a half seconds over everybody else, everybody else being Sterling Marlin right now. But that may not last very long. Sterling's got his hands full in turn two. Well, the heater is on coming off turn two. Rusty Wallace first to the inside of Sterling. He'll pick up second. Here's Joe Nemechek. Now he's up alongside Sterling Marlin for third. Here's Nemechek staying on the inside groove. He'll make the move around the Sterling Marlin car while Ernie Irvin comes to the stripe halfway. Crossed flags in the air from Doyle Foyd. While Mark Martin and Ernie and Dale Earnhardt have a good scramble. Their battle for fifth spot was side by side at the stripe. Earnhardt takes that position going into two. Earnhardt uses the inside lane. Flashes by Mark Martin. So now from a lap down he's back up to the lead lap and running in the fifth spot. Meanwhile Ernie Irvin has caught some of that lap traffic. He runs up on Dale Jarrett's car who is out there running with a damaged automobile. Dale just goes to the bottom of the racetrack. Gives him plenty of running room and lets him go. He won't hold him up at all but Ernie's got to get around a few more cars and that's going to allow the guys behind him to close in a little bit out of turn two. Irvin comes to the inside of John Andretti. He'll flash by that car here on the back straightaway. Rusty Wallace still has Andretti to get by along with the injured car of Jeff Burton and Dale Jarrett before he catches up with a leader. Here they come back out of turn number four, heading off into turn number one one more time. The battle has been a little further back in the pack. Mark Martin has been dueling there, trying to hold on to the position he has. Dale Earnhardt trying to been getting back up there, working with him real strong also. And some of those cars back in the pack, Joe Nemechek's having the best run he has had all year long. He has really been going at it with Rusty Wallace. Just a couple of car lengths behind Rusty this time as they come through turns three and four. That car is about as good as anyone out there. And if it stays that way, he's got a shot to win. Sterling Marlin has been very strong all day long, but for the moment, Ernie Irvin is the strongest Joe Moore. He's just driving away from everybody. Ernie Irvin's picked up another couple of car lengths now, walking about half the distance of the back straightaway. His lead over Rusty Wallace. Further back, uh, Ernie Irvin, or rather Sterling Marlin, may be going the wrong way. He's lost a couple of spots in the last handful of laps and now is in danger of losing another spot to Dale Earnhardt, who's closing in. Let's go to Winston Kelly. We're in the pits of Sterling Marlin with a great team, Tony Glover. to pit last time. It doesn't seem to have hurt you too bad. No, it seems like right now our car will run as well on, on old stuff tires the real new tires. So, uh, you know, uh, we're trying to get a little track position and get near the front so we're just trying to stay out. How long can you go on the next pit stop? We can run probably 25 or 30 more laps. So, the way the cows have been falling, I think it'll be okay. That's Tony Glover, the crew chief on the car. We've been watching them time Sterling Marlin and the race leader. And they've been staying just about equal. Some laps, Ernie will pick up maybe four or five one-hundredths of a second. If he's running in traffic, then Sterling Marlin will pick back up. But the Kodak Film Chevrolet seems to be running just about as well without pitting for tires. But in the overall picture, Ernie Irvin is pulling away from the second-place man, Rusty Wallace. It is now one and eight-tenth seconds. Let's give you a rundown here, just six laps past halfway. Ernie Irvin does lead. Rusty is second. Joe Nimichek, then Sterling Marlin and Dale Earnhardt, your top five. Sixth belongs to Mark Martin. Seventh is Jeff Gordon. Eighth, Todd Bodine. Ninth is Morgan Shepard. Tenth, Ken Schrader. Bill Elliott runs 11th. Bobby Hamilton, 12th. Those 12 cars are on the lead lap. Thirteenth, the lap down, Michael Waltrip. 14th the lap down is Hutt Strickland. Kyle Petty runs in 15th. 16th is Ted Musgrave with Darrell Waltrip being posted in the 17th spot. 18th now is Lake Speed. He'll be shown also a lap down. Mike Wallace.
Wallace is 19th. Two laps down in 20th is Bobby Labonte. Also two laps down in 21st spot. They'll post the Loy Allen car. 22nd is Jimmy Hensley. Then three laps down, 23rd for Wally Dallenbeck. Dave Marcus is 24th. Then you drop the five laps down for the Ricky Rudd car. He's being shown in 25th. John Andretti is 26th. He's seven laps back. 27th place. This is now 10 or more laps back for Chuck Bowne in 27th. Greg Saxon, 28th. Derek Cope, 29th. And then the other cars in the garage area or over 100 laps down. We're at lap 260 of 500. Billy Standridge is on pit road. Dale Jarrett is in. Ricky Rudd is in. All of those teams on their own pit stop schedule. Rick Mast will be coming in as well for service here at lap number 260. And if you joined our broadcast a little bit late, we've had eight caution flags here this afternoon and quite a few accidents as we've talked about uh, eliminating quite a few of the top teams that might have had a shot to win here. Here's Rick Mast bringing his car in. A lot of cars out there running with damaged sheet metal on them. Among those, John Andretti has some damage on his car. Steve Grissom has some damage. Dale Jarrett spent a lot of time in the garage with a damaged automobile. They repaired it and brought him back onto the racetrack. Billy Standridge's car has some damage to it. Rick Mast also suffered some damage a little bit earlier. And uh, Jeff Burton is back out there. He was involved in an accident earlier here this afternoon, but he is back on the racetrack right now. So a lot of cars out there with some wrinkles in the sheet metal. Ricky Rudd is running well again now after his problems earlier. He had those unscheduled stop the tire problem that put him uh, some five or six laps down. You know, Ricky wasn't really sure how well that car was going to run at all today. It wasn't the car that he really wanted to bring here, but they're still building cars. And he said, you know, we're a young team, we're a new team, and even though the team has had basically no startup problems, the inventory of cars available kind of forced their hands. He had a certain car he wanted to take to Michigan in a couple of weeks, didn't want to risk having it get torn up here. So the car Ricky Rudd's running really wasn't the one he wanted to bring, and had it not been for the tire problem, he'd still be on the lead lap, so not a bad choice, even though it might not have been his favorite car. Ernie Irvin has been the commanding car all day long. If you're just joining us, he led the first couple of laps, then swapped the lead around for a while before leading 20 laps at lap 25 through 45. Then he really took the lead at lap 68 through lap 182. It was swapped back and forth for a while, and then he has taken the lead again at lap 234 and has led to this point, lap 270. The lead for Ernie Irvin a short while ago had been up towards uh, the two-second uh, barrier. And we'll get the interval for you here the next time by as he works towards the turn three and four area. He's not pushing it. It's one of those days where the car is handling so very well. And, of course, the Robert Yates engine sets uh, all you really have to say when the car is just that powerful. It's two and six-tenths seconds. The advantage on Rusty Wallace. Joe Nimichek holding off Sterling Marlin in third. And, Alan, that's been a super run for Nimichek today. Yeah, it sure has. A lot of smiles down here in the Meineke pit. Wano Wilson and Doug Richards, the crew, time in their car. Doug, great run for you guys so far.
of Richard Crucci, on Joe Nemechek's car. You know, those Bush Grand National Series races that are here at Dover are only 200 miles long. We're well beyond that now, and there's still an awful long way to go. I asked Ricky Rudd, you're a veteran, you've won here. When do you start getting fatigued at this racetrack? I think as early as lap 200. I mean, you seem like you've raced a long time, and at most racetracks, the length that you, I think the drivers really relate to the, the amount of time you've been on the racetrack running. And, at, you know, Dover at a 200-mile mark, you, most racetracks are winding down at that point. You're not even halfway there yet. And if, you know, you have to really kind of be careful not to watch the clock so much because it really ticks by awful slow. So try not to glance at that scoreboard too often. But you can tell at lap 200, and to be honest with you, you can feel it on lap 50, the physical side of it. Uh, you got to really make sure that you got your car comfortable, your seat just right, uh, your, your helmet brace, all that's got to be just right. And it's also getting tougher and tougher because the tires are getting better and better and they grip better. And a direct result of that is more driver fatigue because it just uh, plant, uh, plants you in the right side of your seat harder. You pull more G's now. So the, the physical side of Dover is not getting any easier. Thoughts of Ricky Rudd, a three-time winner here at the Monster Mile. Couldn't help but laugh at Kyle Petty. I did a piece with him on the same thing you were talking about with Ricky there. And I asked, Kyle talks about the mental strain and the physical. And I asked him the same question. When does it set in? I think it comes on the second lap. <laughs> Most of the time, to tell you the truth. I tell you, this is the worst place in the world to look at the scoreboard. You hate to even ever try to look out the window and see the scoreboard because you'll run and run and run and run and run and know the race is all but over and look up and it'll still be 60 laps till halfway. And I, and I think that's the thing. It's a mental fatigue as much as anything else. You know, you get physically fatigued and that just comes and that comes towards the end of the race. But mentally, you can get beat mentally here the first part of the race. If you're out there running 20th or 25th and you're just, you're wanting the thing to be over and you're wanting to keep running and all of a sudden you look up and you hadn't run halfway, then you're beat already. And the middle aspect, Kyle says, is as bad as the physical end of this race. One of the front runners is on pit road. Sterling Marlin brings the Kodak machine to the attention of his crew. Let's cover that stop. The crew working now on the left side of the car, Mark Prater and Clint Ballard changing the left side rubber. Robert Larkin now drops the car off the jack, and he's down and away with four tires, Unical gasoline, in 21.91 seconds. The pit board now preparing to go out to see Mark Martin come in in just another few laps. Now remember, they have not pitted since lap number 200. These cars did not pit when the caution came out on lap 220. So we expect to see Mark Martin here in another few laps as Sterling Marlin just got four tires and gasoline. Tireware must be awfully good on those good years right now because they're going darn close to a full fuel stop here. We really thought going into the race that we might see a race dictated by pet stops because of tire wear, but now they're at lap, uh, in the case of Mark Martin, 81 laps into this uh, most recent run, so obviously tire wear is not a factor. That's probably the longest run that any team has made today. We're just looking at the at our sheet here that we keep on pit stops. Most of these teams were in at lap 220, so coming in right now, Sterling Marlin makes, what, about 58 laps before he comes in, so these long runs can well play out, and I'm sure some of the teams would like to know just how far they can go because a lot of races have been won here at Dover by gambling a little bit in that final pit stop and how far you could or could not go. 282 laps are on the board and very likely I guess Alan Bestwick will see the other front running teams in here probably in the next 5 to 10 laps. I think a lot of that depends on how they're running. We're beginning to see some movement down here on pit road in the Joe Nimichek area. His car has fallen off over the last 10 laps or so. He's lost a couple of positions so they may begin, have begun to reach the out limit of the real effective range of those tires that they're running. They're on the Hoosier tires. 
Dale Earnhardt's crew is having a strategy discussion among themselves now, as they did once Sterling Marlin came out of the pit lane. Just going over among themselves the fact that, yes, Marlin hadn't stopped on that last pit stop. Caution for the ninth time today. Dale Earnhardt's car running through turn four. Broke loose and went right into the outside retaining wall. He bounced off the wall and has continued around, though extensive right side damage on the GM Goodwrench Chevrolet. One would again have to guess it was a tire or something that obviously broke as the car was pointed straight and went directly up towards the outside retaining wall. It also happened just as Joe Nimichek had finished making his pit stop. So actually two drivers really getting bad luck there. Obviously Earnhardt and so too Nimichek who stopped them the green. The other lead cars now can stop under caution. Green flag goes in the air. Rusty gets really a good start on this jump as he goes down into turn number one and will pull away by one car length. But Ernie Irvin comes right back after him out of turn two. Ernie and Rusty both get a good jump on the third place car. Morgan Shepard, he struggles for a few moments trying to get by some of the lap traffic. Now Shepard clears some of that. Sterling Marlin next in line. He's running fourth right behind the Nemechek car, which again is two laps down, and Mark Martin completes the top five. Remember though, Sterling Marlin is being shown two laps in arrears. So that car, although running with the leaders, as is Nemechek going to run with the leaders because he was among them all day long. But now Nemechek a lap down, Sterling two laps down with the leader on the back stretch. One car goes high and turn two. Lake Speed got way out of the groove, shot way up the banking, was able to pull the car back down and avoid any problems. The leader's off turn four. It's Rusty and Ernie Irvin. Off down to the start finish line. And again, Ernie Irvin begins to turn up the heat. He's got a good running car along with Rusty Wallace. They have put on a show here for the last hour. Again, this time as they go out of turn number two, let's see if he's going to put a challenge on Rusty to try and take the lead away. He won't do it. He'll stay single file once again down the back straightaway, drifting down into turn number three. Both cars right down the white line. 300 laps going up on the board. 200 laps remain to settle the butt 500 here at Dover. Still no change. Rusty Wallace and Ernie Irvin nose to tail. Mark Martin is being shown in fourth spot. He is slowing on the inside of the racetrack. Couple of cars go by. Then Mark gets back in the groove, but he lost some racetrack positions. Mark Martin tries to get it hooked back up, coming down the back straightaway. Real battle now for the second spot, shaping up. Morgan Shepard is right there with Ernie Irvin, and Irvin's now taking another shot at Rusty. He won't be able to do anything with him out of turn number four, and Morgan Shepard in that car that they call Old Ugly is hung in there all day long. He currently rides within striking distance of going into the lead himself. If he can just get underneath Ernie Irvin out of turn two. Five cars up front. Three of those in the lead lap in the two lapped cars. Joe Nemechek and Sterling Marlin. Everybody going nose to tail. Back to turn three. The Quaker State Ford beginning to pull back out of the garage area onto the racetrack. 104 laps behind. But Brent Bodine is back out there after being involved in the spin back at lap 197 that put him to the garage area. The leaders are back in two. Irvin starting to size up Rusty a little bit, drifting up the banking, looking to the outside to see if anything's there, and he finds absolutely nothing, so he'll drop back in line in single file. And again, he'll follow the Miller Ford back to turn four. As Eli said a moment ago, we haven't talked all that much about Todd Bodine, but that team has had a great run here today also. He's got a good, solid race car. He's been able to stay up in the top ten most of the afternoon, and currently he's being shown in fifth place with a good run. Going out of turn number two, Ernie Irvin takes a look underneath Rusty Wallace. Had a fender there for just a second, but that goes away in a hurry. Irvin's all over Rusty, just looking for him to come up off the bottom of the racetrack a slight little bit to give him a chance. And again, Rusty struggles to hold the car down low. But he does keep it off the uh, outside retaining wall. That's been a 
big key for a lot of folks today coming through turn four. If you can't run the lowest portion of the groove, at least keep it off the wall. And Rusty's been doing that consistently with Ernie Urban right behind him. Quick pit stop for Steve Grissom. He after repairs and kept him in the garage area. Fortunately, for a lengthy stay, he is back on the uh, racetrack and running. So only seven cars on the attrition list. A lot more than that have been in and out of the garage area. But right now, Harry Gant gone with an accident. Jeff Bodine involved in an accident. Likewise, Jimmy Spencer, Dick Trickle, Ward Burton, Dale Earnhardt's car, and Brad Teague, who is driving the Jimmy Means car. Those machines have been in the garage area. Battle for the lead in the backstretch. Irvin finally gets the spot he was looking for down on the inside of Rusty Wallace. He'll go by and take the lead. Morgan Shepard flashes by. Here comes the two lapped cars as well, going by Rusty. And if you get up a little bit high, going up into that corner, that's all it takes, as we've said all day long. Once you get out of that lower groove, if anybody gets underneath you, you're going to lose some positions. That's exactly what happened to Rusty. The two cars that were on the lead lap with him get around, and two that are also a lap down get underneath him, or at least a lap or more down also get underneath Rusty. He finds himself all the way back in third place. Ernie Irvin back at the front of the pack one more time. Here he comes off turn number four. That car has been very consistent all day long. Morgan Shepard continues to get stronger and stronger as the day goes on. He chases Ernie Irvin over to turn two. Shepard's got about five car lengths to make up to chase down the race leader. Rusty Wallace is the busy man, though. He's got those two lapped cars at about ten car lengths, separating him from the front two. 318 miles are complete. Ernie Irvin, once he got around and pulled away, is continuing to pull away yet again. He had had a four-second lead earlier in the day. Here he comes to the stripe. The differential now is just a bit over one second over Morgan Shepard, who's running awfully well in second spot. Morgan has not won here at Dover Downs International Speedway, but as we said earlier in the broadcast, he is running for the team ownership group, the Wood Brothers, that has seven wins overall, five of which came with uh, David Pearson, who apparently I never saw David run all that much here in this racetrack a few times, but apparently back in his early days, he was awfully stout here. Well, every time they came here, everybody just kind of geared up to who would finish second. That car was just that good about it almost every time that the Wood Brothers fielded it here. If Pearson was aboard, he won. I think he won two or three in a row and uh, five overall, as you said. Let's get a report out of the Wood Brothers pit. Morgan has had some good runs here. He was second back in 1988. That equals his best run of the year. Leonard Wood, you start at night. You're up to second. What's Morgan saying about the car? pushing a little bit. Uh, sun came out and then it began pushing a little bit. Now he's got it having a little better. Just kind of trying to stay out of trouble. Is the hotter track helping the cars handling or hindering in your case? Well, it changed it. They had to make an adjustment, so uh, hopefully it'll be all right from here on out. It's having better than it was. Think you have enough for the 28 car in the second part of the race? I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. We started out the race under overcast conditions. We had the short rain shower. Now it's getting hotter, and they've made some adjustments on Morgan Shepard's car, obviously to the better as he started night, running up in the second position, now just about a second and a half behind Ernie Irvin. Well, he just lost that second position going through turns one and two while you were talking, Winston. He drifted up just a little bit, and Rusty Wallace was there, dived underneath him, and all of a sudden, Rusty moves back into the number two spot, dropping Morgan back to third position right now. We talked a minute ago also about Todd Bodine and what a great day he was having here, and he continually runs up in the top four or five. Presently, he is being posted in fourth position. Let's see if we can get a report out of his pit. Well, Butch Box, the car owner, sitting here, timing him. Butch, the car seems to be working pretty good for you. Well, everything seems to be good right now. You know, as you can see, as soon as they 
care of their tires the best. And uh, we've been talking to Todd all day to you know be conservative with the tires. And and uh, I guess he's got all that in check. He seems to be doing a good job. Has he got anything left? If he starts not being conservative, well, he hasn't said too much on the radio. You know, every once in a while he'll clip off a really really fast lap. So I'm not sure he uh, he's, he's kind of cool and confident. Well, if he can put really really fast laps back to back. Thoughts of the uh, team owner actually there, Butch Mott, part of the uh, Factory Stores Adidas racing team for Todd Bodine. We were talking earlier, if you might remember, about Rusty Wallace who had some debris on the uh, grill of his race car. Now there seems to be a plastic bag that has caught on to the front of the Ernie Irvin car. Ernie is the race leader right now. He's got a quick glimpse and here he comes again. There's, there's something there. It's uh, kind of difficult to tell as he whisks by, but it seems to be a plastic bag or something that is on the uh, front of the Ernie Irvin car. And again, Alan Bestwick, we shouldn't uh, stress for the folks who may not be regular Winston Cup fans, there is limited enough uh, airflow through the front of that car. If you take some away, it could be a major problem. Especially as the day gets warmer and warmer, Eli, a problem since the Winston Cup teams have gone to using radial tires has always been rubber plugging up those openings in that front grill and blocking the airflow into the radiator. So it's tough enough to get the air and keep that open from the rubber coming off these cars, let alone when you put a big old plastic bag across it. That's a pretty good-sized piece of debris on the front of the other stock. But for now, he's running along and doesn't uh, seem to be anybody too concerned about it. Well, he may be concerned here very shortly because Rusty Wallace has really cut down a lot of daylight between himself and the leader. A moment ago, Rusty was about a second and a half behind. He's chopped it down to less than half a second right now, and he is catching Ernie Irvin over toward turn two. Seems like in the last ten laps or so, Rusty just kind of came to life. He got by the two lapped cars, then bypassed Morgan Shepard, who's really fallen back almost the entire length of the back straightaway. And as you said, uh, Rusty is moving in. Now less than a second between him and the race leader, Ernie Irvin. Ernie Irvin is continuing to lead this race, but Rusty Wallace has caught him now in traffic. Yeah, the last couple of laps around, Rusty has chopped the interval down to about two car lengths, and he gets a little bit closer this time as they cross the start-finish line, so we could have a battle shaping up for the lead. A lot of traffic ahead of the two front runners over in front of Joe Moore off turn two. But no traffic in between the front two cars. They've got plenty of clear sailing here coming down the back straightaway, and again, you're marking at about five car lengths between Ernie Irvin and Rusty Wallace. Looking back to the field, Todd Bodine having a good run. He's running in the fourth position. A couple of close calls for him several laps ago as he came up off the bottom of the racetrack trying to get by slower traffic, but seems like now he's found his groove and he's about to chase down the third place car of Morgan Shepard. Three cars in trouble here at Dover, Delaware. First, it was Dave Marcus with a tire problem. Then Ted Musgrave. Then Bobby Hamilton taking them one at a time. Joe Moore? On the back straight away, Dave Marcus about halfway down. Suddenly, another one of those big kabooms. And the whole right front fender came off his car when the tire blew. Then he headed over to turn two, and more trouble began there. Alan Bestwick had his eyes on that one. Yeah, as Dave Marcus was coming down the front straightaway across the start-finish line, he was drifting towards the inside of the track, trying to slow down and get out of the way. Musgrave, Ted Musgrave was racing to the inside of Lake Speed. They were side-by-side. They came off that corner and down the straightaway. Ted chose to go to the inside, and that's right where Dave Marcus's car was. He slammed into the left rear corner of Marcus's car with his right front, then went straight up the racetrack into the outside wall hard, and then now has come down to rest at the bottom of the racetrack. 
That car really took a lick over in the corner. It sits up in the banking up there. The safety crews are attending to it right now. He did take a hard shot going off into the corner, so three cars getting involved in problems here in the span of a lap and a half. And Barney Bobby Hamilton's car is stalled here on the back straightaway. He was going to try to make it back around. They've got considerable damage on the right front fender on that car. The right front tire at least is down, and again, the car is not running. It's stalled here about halfway down the backstretch. So a tough, tough break for Bobby Hamilton. He was running so well. Well, the fans now stretch it just a bit. They all get up and see the restart here. Joe Nemechek, who was being posted at this moment three laps down as the first car to the inside of Ernie Irvin. He'll get a little anxious, has to slow down now, and now they'll launch with the green flag in the air. Nemechek can't get a lap back. Ernie pulls away. Rusty Wallace follows him. Kyle Petty makes a move in and around Todd Bodine. Kyle's a lap down. The leaders are in two. Now Todd Bodine trying to catch up with Kyle to get back around that car. Up front, though, it's Ernie Irvin. He's about a car length and a half over the Rusty Wallace car. Then three car lengths back to the lap machine of Kyle Petty. Then comes Todd Bodine off turn four. And if there's any way to do it, you can bet Ernie Irvin and Rusty Wallace are going to try and run away from the rest of the field, at least for this segment, before that final pit stop comes up. Not do too much racing door-to-door. At least that's what I would think they would do, but you never know. Let's go back to the pits. Alternator's been out for a while. It's been out for quite a while, and uh, they didn't really want to mention too much about it a while ago, and we're just sitting talking about it. They said it's still holding somewhere right around 12 volts. The meter's right at 12 volts, but they've got everything in there shut off. They've got the rear end cooler shut off. ignition system itself so and it's been that way for quite a while so ernie's going to have a long long day if he can pull this thing out should that be able to last the distance stick i mean is there enough juice do you feel with your experience and with what they little they've got running to be able to go another 120 laps or so well, with these batteries they've got now they uh, will go a long long time they uh if they don't have to pull anything except the ignition system that's actually the smallest drain on the the electrical system uh, in those cars is uh, is the ignition itself, the uh, the fans and the and the coolers and such like that. Now, one problem may be is it is the coolers on the uh, gearboxes and the coolers on the rear end housing. Uh, if they see any kind of smoke at all, uh, start seeing any smoke as they come in or anything boiling from the transmission or the rear end, and they'll turn the coolers back on probably and try to chance it from there. But as of right now. There's a good chance it'll last. If it gets down around 11 volts, though, it's not going to generate enough power to really put all the spark in the plugs, and uh, it may slow down just a little bit. With Ernie being out front, that may be another reason he wants to stay out there. He's in clean air. He's not running in traffic. The car has no tendency to overheat when it's out, pretty much breathing its own clean air, leading the pack with nobody in front. Rusty Wallace has dropped back now some four or five car lengths behind. It is one and eight-tenths seconds. Back to the third-place car now of Todd Bodine. So the front two are running away a little bit. Here's a good battle coming out of turn number four. Kenny Schrader down to the inside of Morgan Shepard as they go door-to-door and work their way back into turn number one. One, and that should be for fourth place. They're going side by side. We're having to deal with a little bit of lap traffic for a while, but now they sort that out. And Ken Schrader will make the pass cleanly going to the inside of Morgan Shepard. So give him fourth, and Shepard falls back to fifth. So Morgan holding his position right now. Both of those cars running just about equally as well, although Schrader didn't get the good jump on a moment ago. Back to the pits. Well, one thing we just talked about, they don't have a good man running on the uh, Urban car, and they just picked up another track back. So it's got the right side. 
probably couldn't be anything worse than that. But uh, uh, so far, they uh, still hanging in there. Maybe they can figure out some way to get that uh, paper off it, uh, off the grill again. I guess the bottom line is the potential is there for something to go wrong on Ernie Irvin's car with the alternator out, some sandwich papers on the grill of the car. It can start overheating, so they're going to have some anxious moments between now and 500 miles here. There's 110 miles, make that 115 miles to go in the Budweiser 500. Rusty Wallace does not seem at the moment to want a challenge at all for the lead. All he wants to do is just ride along behind Ernie Irvin and look back in the mirror and see the rest of the field fading away, and that's exactly what's happening here as they go over to turn two. Looks like the fourth-place battle It's shaped up once again. Morgan Shepard made the pass by Ken Shader. He's taken over the fourth spot as he went to the low side and opened up the lane. Mark Martin got by as well, so now Morgan Shepard drops back to the sixth position. Eight cars still running on the lead lap behind Morgan Shepard and Schrader at fifth and sixth. Bill Elliott is seventh and eighth place belongs to Jeff Gordon, that car with overheating problems, but he's still running in the eighth spot. Ninth now is Kyle Petty and tenth Daryl Waltrip, eleventh Michael Waltrip, and twelfth Hut Strickland. Those cars are on a lap of their own, one lap down. Two laps back at thirteenth is Sterling Marlin, fourteenth is Mike Wallace, fifteenth is Lake Speed, then you drop all the way back to four laps down for Wally Dallin back in sixteenth. Four laps Back is Joe Nemechek at 17th, Dave Marcus at 18th, Loy Allen runs 19th, and 20th is Bobby Labonte, Jimmy Hensley runs 21st, Ricky Rudd is 22nd, John Andretti 23rd, 24th is Chuck Bound, 25th at this stage of the day is Greg Sachs with Derek Cope 26th and 27th, and uh, further back now the cars that are already in the garage area. Other racing today, the Busch Grand National North Series of NASCAR ran the road course at Watkins Glen, and no surprise, although a very pleasant story. Butch Leisinger out of State College, Pennsylvania, the uh, former IMSA GTU Series champion who made his first Bush North start today. He got the victory. Butch Leisinger winning it with Greg Clark second and Curtis Markham coming home in third. And Bill Elliott drops off the pace over in front of Joe Moore. Puff of smoke came out of the Budweiser Ford as it came off turn two. It came down the back straightaway. The car slowed, and everybody is streaming by Bill Elliott. And the smoke's coming out of the pipes as he comes by us going up in a turn number one, so that is never a good sign. Meanwhile, the lead car... Ernie Irvin has had Rusty Wallace catch him. Rusty is right there, nose to tail. The battle for the lead at lap 396 is in turn two. Rusty Wallace again going down to the bottom line of the racetrack, trying to make his move, looks down low. The slower car, Billy Standridge, is there, so he can't do it now. He'll fall back in and follow Irvin back to three. I think he just wanted to see if if he was paying attention. Rusty wanted to see if uh, Irvin was asleep or wide awake coming through the corner, and he found out because all of a sudden Ernie just shut the door on him. Lap 400 is on the board here at Dover, and so too is a new number for the leader. It's number two going up on the board. Rusty Wallace in the Miller Genuine Draft Ford Thunderbird has taken the lead over Ernie Irvin here at lap number 400. On the racetrack, Rusty Wallace, who took the lead at lap number 400, continues to lead the True Value Hard Charger competition. He is, uh, rather, Rusty is now in second at True Value Hard Charger. Ernie Irvin continues to lead that, but it is Rusty who leads the race here at lap number 400 at eight now. Those two men have been dominant all afternoon long. Ernie has led the majority of the laps, but Rusty has always been around just enough to annoy him and uh, always take a shot at the lead, as he has done here the last short while. The lead is now just a car length between the two, going up into turn number three. 
seeing Rusty Wallace ahead of Ernie Irvin. Let's see if they've uh, diagnosed the Bill Elliott situation. Alan, is it uh, terminal in the garage for the uh, Bud Ford? Well, without much to diagnose, Eli. There's oil all over the left side of the engine. They have given it uh, given it a call for the day. Bill has just climbed up inside the uh, truck to change his clothes. He was very hot and wanted to get uh, out of his driving suit. So we'll get a word with him in just a minute. Richard Childress, the uh, car owner for Dale Earnhardt, is down here in the garage uh, talking around to a couple of people. And uh, we're going to talk with Richard here in just a minute and find out what's going on. They may be looking for a relief driver for Dale Earnhardt. 410 laps complete. That'll give us 90 miles to go here this afternoon. Kind of sitting here wondering about Ernie Irvin giving up the lead there just a moment ago. Now, the alternator is out on that car. As you heard Dick Brooks say, they've got all the coolers cut off to the transmission and everything else. Perhaps rather than push the car as hard as he was having to to keep Rusty Wallace from getting the lead, I think he could have just backed out of it a little bit because he's still running good enough to stay at the front of the pack. Let's go back to the pits. Well, uh, Barney, my speculation was correct. Don Hawk, who's Dale Earnhardt's business manager, just confirmed for me they are looking for a relief driver for Dale Earnhardt, and it looks like it's going to be Bill Elliott who's going to keep his driving suit on and go out and jump in the Goodwrench Chevrolet. So there's one for all you Ford Chevy folks uh, over the years when Earnhardt and Elliott had so many great battles. Looks like Bill is going to relief drive for Dale. I would guess, and obviously it's, it's mere speculation, but when the way Dale hit the wall earlier, there are these crush panels or little uh, walls, if you will, inside the car that can oftentimes get jarred loose during an impact with the wall as happened, and I'm guessing that maybe there might be some fumes coming up in that race car that uh, Dale can't uh, continue running comfortably with, but a relief driver to run for the next uh, 70 or 80 miles could be able to finish it out. Again, that's just a guess on my part, but uh, as crunched in as the side of the car is, it would, it would be uh, a likely uh, scenario. And if nothing else, it might let, be letting more heat in there than Dale would like to uh, have after running some 400 miles here and also taking the jolt into the wall he did a little bit earlier. 413 miles completed the Budweiser 500. Remember, there will be one more, at least one more round of pit stops for all these teams. That could easily determine the outcome of the race as it has many times here at Dover in the past. The leader, Rusty Wallace. Ernie Irvin rides in the number two position. Great run for Todd Bodine, although Todd has lost a lot of ground to the leaders here in the last 15 minutes. A moment ago, we put the clock on him. He was about two seconds behind. Now it's almost seven seconds, so indeed he is losing a lot of ground to the front runners. Let's go back to the pits. Well, I was going to try and get a word with Bill Elliott, but he's just taken off at a dead run, and with all this radio equipment strapped around my waist, I can't keep up with him. He's headed towards the pit road with his helmet and uh, Dale Earnhardt's business manager, so that is what's going to happen. Look for Bill Elliott to climb in and Earnhardt to climb out in a couple of minutes, and uh, we'll be there when they make the stop. Barney, another thing that may contribute to Dale Earnhardt inhaling fumes is he does not wear a full-face helmet. He wears one of the older-style helmets that does not have the full-face cover in front of his mouth, so that would allow him to suck in more fumes if those crush panels are down. The full-face helmets a lot of times will have some oxygen run into the side of the helmet that also helps the drivers breathe some fresh air, so if the crush panels are out, that would affect Dale Earnhardt's breathing. Watching Dale come through three and four at the bottom of the racetrack. He is just trying to stay out of traffic. That car, a lot of damage. Sheet metal completely gone from the right front of the car. As he takes it down on the apron of the racetrack, he's not trying to hold up anybody. He's just easing around the speedway. So we'll wait for that driver change here in just a few moments as Earnhardt heads over to turn three. 
Earnhardt still working the inside lane of the racetrack, letting everybody get by, slowing more in turns three and four, waiting to see which lap he'll decide to make the move onto the pit lane. He'll keep it on the racetrack once again as he exits four. He's running 70 laps down right now, Dale is. Meanwhile, near the front, it is five and four-tenths seconds for the front two cars. That's Rusty Wallace and, Day and uh, Ernie Irvin. Those two cars tied together now five and four-tenths seconds ahead of the third-place runner, Todd Bodine. Here comes Dale Earnhardt. you got to know the man's got to be struggling in there because when can you ever remember Dale Earnhardt just asking to get out of a race car? That, uh, that just doesn't happen. Here he comes now to the attention of the crew, and we'll wait and see if there's a driver change. Alan? Dale Earnhardt is not getting out of the car yet. Bill Elliott does not have his hand on. Dale Earnhardt, while the crew is changing tires, has handed one helmet out of the car. And they've handed him another helmet. Now, they're both open-face helmets, but they're a different model helmet. And this uh, one that he's just taken into the car has more vent holes on the top of it and that kind of thing. It's one of those new helmets that has the, um, for the drivers of the open cockpit cars, that has the aerodynamic openings in the top of it. They just handed that into Dale. He's strapping that on now. And he's going to continue on away. They're going to put the window net up, and Earnhardt's going to stay in the car. So that's the story on Dale Earnhardt. He elects to stay in the car. 74 miles to go in the Budweiser 500 here at Dover Downs. Bill Elliott was about ready to climb in for Dale Earnhardt. That didn't materialize. Let's see if we can get a report from Bill Elliott. Alan? Bill, you had a good day going in your car while it lasted. Well, I missed a shift early in the race. I think it started becoming a valve train problem. Just one of them kind of situations. And, you know, just, we were riding pretty decent. and the car kept getting slower and slower and slower. And it was just because of the But your day's not quite over yet, perhaps. Well, we'll just kind of wait for how things go. Bill is standing here in the Dale Earnhardt pit. He's got his helmet in hand. He's got his earplugs in, but he'll just have to wait and see if Earnhardt decides to get out or not. Meanwhile, Todd Bodine has all of a sudden developed a terrible smoking problem on the car, whether it's a rear end problem or here potentially a wheel bearing uh, could be spinning. Don't know, but boy, he was running so well in third spot, and now lots of smoke from behind that factory stores forward to the pits. I just talked to Butch Mock just a minute ago. I asked him if Todd was okay, and he said, yeah. I said, is he tired? He said, no, we're just trying to save the car and the tires, and uh, we're going to run a little bit harder in a little bit. Then all of a sudden, they've got this problem. I don't know what it is, except the smoke is coming out from the left front wheel. It's coming out up in the front, and there's oil all over the front and up on the windshield, so they've got a line broke inside, the, under the hood, something, oh, there's oil everywhere inside, coming out the breather, looks like. Todd Bodine's car has been on pit road, the factory stores team surveying the problems down there. Meanwhile, on the racetrack, a good battle still ongoing between Ken Schrader and Morgan Shepard for third and fourth. Dick Brooks? small piece. Looked like a small piece, but something important, right? Well, it broke a little oil line fitting off the valve cover like it did in Atlanta. Same thing, same exact thing. So, uh, I don't know. guess it wasn't our day, but I think we had some for them. We were trying. Well, they had a, it's a small uh, oil line, all right, a number four uh, line with a fitting, that uh, 90 degree fitting that broke off. Probably uh, six bucks. And that puts him out here this afternoon as far as his chance to win. They have taken the car back on the speedway, and he was running in third position at the time he had the problem. Tough break for Todd. 435 miles on the board, 65 miles to go in the Budweiser 500 here this afternoon. And we're doing a little calculating there a moment ago from what the teams have been running a little bit earlier. We should see some pit stops. The final one, if it stays green, coming up. What, Alan Bestwick, at about the next 10 laps at least? Well, the last couple of times they've made a long green flag run, Mark. 
many. They've run 70 laps at a clip. The last time they stopped was lap uh, 361. We're now on lap 436, so it's been over that 70 laps on this set of tires. Buddy Parrott and Rusty Wallace's team are all huddled around their statistics for the day. They're trying to get together and make their strategy call right now, not only about when they'll come in, but what they'll do when they come in. Will it be gas and go? Will it be two? Will it be four? We'll find out. We will find out here at lap 437 now as the uh, final few laps begin to click off the scoreboard. If you're a Todd Bodine fan, that stop costs him four laps and 13 positions. He is now running in 16th spot. And like Dick Brooks says, it's probably a $6 part that puts him out. I asked that of Dale Jarrett one day. I said, what's it like when a buck fifty part breaks ending your good day? Yes and no. I think that it bothers you for a while and then you just have to pass it on as something, you know, it wasn't any Everybody's fault. We just have to make sure it doesn't happen again. That's when I think you get upset is when something happens again. Is there a problem on our part? But uh, uh, if it's something that we have no control over, uh, you know, you just have to go on and uh, bite the bullet and, and try better and uh, try harder from there to not let these things happen. Talk to Dale Jarrett, whose day had a problem earlier in the afternoon as he was involved in an accident back on lap number 69. And Dale is one of those who has been in and out of the garage area some 50 laps down as he can continues to run here late in the afternoon. 439 laps on the board. Rusty Wallace starting to show a little muscle now, Barney, uh, if you want to call uh, a five or six car length lead muscle, but in light of how his day's been, not all that bad, but he's not been dominant like Ernie. He's starting to pull away. Yeah, he's pulled away about six or seven car lengths on Ernie Irvin. They're all right now just trying to figure out what they're going to do at that last pit stop. I'm sure, as Alan said there a moment ago, whether they'll just gas and go, maybe change a couple of tires, change all four or what. Nine times out of ten, whatever the leader does, that's what everybody else does, but uh, that may not be the case here today. Let's go back to the pits. Barney, if you remember earlier in the race on lap 200 when the leaders made a pit stop, Rusty Wallace took gasoline only and no tires. At that point, they had run 25 laps. They ran another 20 laps before they took on another set of tires. And when we talked to Buddy Parrott at that time, he said the reason they only took gas is because they wanted to see what would happen if they skipped the stop without changing tires. Preparing for this point at the end of the race now, when they're trying to call whether they're going to change tires or not on this last stop. Remember that last weekend at Charlotte, they took on tires and Jeff Gordon, who was running behind them, did not. Or Gordon only took on two while they took on four. That won Gordon the race. So a lot of uh, sweating and a lot of stomach churning down here in the pits to try and make that right call this time. Well, there comes Ernie Irvin. He has caught Rusty Wallace in turn three as they're running behind some race traffic. Irvin has cut that six-car length deficit down to a nose-to-tail battle. 443 laps on the board. 57 miles to go, and the battle for the lead is in traffic in turn two. Closing in on Jeff Burton and the Jimmy Hensley car. They were running side by side, but now they'll go single file and occupy the outside lane, opening up the inside for Rusty. He'll lead Ernie Irvin, who stays right up on the rear deck. I think Ernie just wanted to get his attention and say, hey, if you don't change tires, I want you to know we've got something for you, maybe, and uh, maybe put a little pressure on him here for that final pit stop. Give them some second thoughts about what they might or might not do. Again, the two front runners and heavy traffic off turn two. Rusty down on the inside line. He'll fall in behind the Raybestos Ford of Jeff Burton. Trail down this back straight away. Trouble in turn number four. Morgan Shepard's car comes slamming into the turn four wall. He had come through the corner near Brett Bodano. 
Oh, and up he comes, and he's just missed by Wally Dallenbach as the car came back up the banking. And I don't know how Wally missed him. Rusty Wallace to the stripe. He will continue as the leader. But Morgan Shepard slammed the outside retaining wall. He was running alongside Brett Bodine. And by the time I looked over, I don't know whether there had been some contact between the two or whether Morgan's car just broke loose. But then Morgan's car, he couldn't steer it. And then after going down on the racetrack, Old Ugly, as that car is called, came right back up the racetrack. And how in the world Wally Dallenbach didn't T-bone him, I do not know. But we're under caution. The 11th time, lap 445. Green flag goes in the air, and hopefully we can settle the Budweiser 500. Rusty Wallace takes off. Ernie Irvin goes with him out of turn two. Rusty gets a couple of car links over Ernie, and they get a big jump, about five car links over the rest of the pack. That pack's being led by the lap car of Darrell Waltrip. Then comes the Mark Martin car. He's buried behind DW. Here they come through the corner, back to the start-finish line. 455 miles going up on the board. Separation, about three car lanes among the front two. Rusty Wallace and Ernie Irvin, they'll motor back to one. Down to the inside of the race track, hugging that inside line on the bottom of the track, coming wide off the turn and down this back straightaway. Mark Martin fading a bit now. He drops to the inside. Jeff Gordon will pull up alongside and bypass Martin to move into third. That's the first time today we have seen anybody go around on the high side in turns one and two, and Jeff Gordon pulled it off and gets around Mark Martin to move up into the number three position. Still a hot contest for the lead. Rusty Wallace ahead by one car length up the back stretch. Ernie drifts up high coming off the turn, peeks around to the Outside. Of course, no chance to make the move there. He'll fall back in line and follow Rusty Wallace back to turn three. Now as Brett Bodine pulls away in the aftermath of a five-lap penalty, Terry Labonte comes onto the pit lane. Left side tire change from the Kellogg's crew. Lap 456 on the board. Leaders back in one. Close call for Kyle Petty going down the front straightaway. He almost got into the side of the Wally Dallenbach bar car. They both got on the brakes and saved both machines. Leaders halfway down the back straightaway. Still three car legs between Rusty and Ernie Irvin. And a big gap back to the third-place car. Jeff Gordon trying to break out of some of that lap traffic and get up there and make it a three-way shootout for the win here in the Budweiser 500. He zipped around Mark Martin. So did Kenny Schrader. Mark's car really not up to par here in these final laps. Here goes Jeff Gordon underneath Darrell Waltrip. That's not for position. That's just to get around the lap car and try and run down the front two over in turn three. He's still got one more lapped car to get around before he can get up front. And there's a lot of distance as well. About a second and a half between himself and the front running cars. The car directly ahead of the third place machine of Gordon now is Joe Nemechek. Nemechek running some four laps down at 14 spot, but he has been around the leaders and with the leaders for much of this afternoon. 458 laps on the board. Nose to tail, the leaders of the backstretch. Irvin has tightened it up right up on the rear deck of Rusty, looking for the chance to make the move. He goes into the corner wide. Irvin peeks to the outside. Rusty blocks the lane again. Well, we kind of hope that neither one of these cars have any problems and go down to the wire. I want to see this finish myself because right now it is heating up. Underneath him in the corner goes Ernie Irvin. He grabs the lead out of turn two. Irvin brings it off turn two. Rusty again will try to peel down on the inside and try to come back. Can't quite pull off the power. He'll hold in line behind and Ernie Irvin will lead. Here coming out of turn four, one car slows on the racetrack. Greg Sachs, his U.S. Air machine looking more like a modified, which he drove for so many years here in the Northeast. He's kind of limping his car around with whatever few laps remain. There are 40 miles to go and Ernie Irvin tries to pull away now. One of the fastest 
fastest cars out here now may be Jeff Gordon. He's beginning to track down the leaders. He's cleared himself of some lap traffic. Still to get around one more car. That's the Joe Nemechek car, but Gordon is shutting down the distance. And he's coming up through there in a hurry right now. A moment ago, he was about five seconds behind. He's cut it down to less than two as he gets around that lap traffic. Only one more lap car to get up to the front runners. Let's go to the pits. Party in the garage by the infield care center. Len Wood has just given us a report on Morgan Shepard. He is sitting up and talking inside the care center. Said his neck is sore and his leg is sore, but he is okay, and that's good news. That's a report we get on Morgan Shepard. Here comes the battle for the lead again. Back to the start-finish line. Ernie Irvin grabbed it away from Rusty Wallace just a moment ago, but Rusty wants it back. And if there's any slip, and it might just occur right here out of turn two. Irvin goes too high. The lane is opened up. Here's Rusty once again diving down low. He'll come up alongside and flash by Ernie Irvin halfway down the backstretch. So Rusty Wallace just dives back into the corner. Can he stay on the low side of the racetrack? No, he'll drift up. It opens the inside groove again for Irvin. Here they come back to the stripe. That time. Well, it would have been a dead heat if that was the last lap. They would have had to have broken out the photo finish camera. But by turn number one, Irvin has the lead again. But he drives it deep, goes up high. Rusty is there again, peeking down low, trying to pull up alongside. He won't be able to do it. Irvin will hold him off for now. The battle now is for third. Those two cars side by side in turn three. Kenny Schrader and Jeff Gordon go at it for third place. Schrader will come away with it as they went into turn number three. It's hard to decide which one you want to watch. The battle for the lead or the battle for third. They're both good ones. Back to turn number two goes the battle for the lead. Ernie Irvin holds on to the top spot. Coming up off the turn, he tries to guard that inside lane. Rusty Wallace all over the back end of the car looking for a chance to make the move, but Irvin again will hold him off. So those cars hold their positions. Irvin does drift up just a bit again. Here comes Rusty looking to the inside. Can't make the pass. Lap 465 on the board. There's 35 to go. The laps are winding down on the Budweiser 500. It may be a dandy finish. The lead has been swapped back and forth a couple of times in the last four or five laps between Rusty Wallace and Ernie Irvin, but right now it's Wallace. It is now a nine-car lane lead for Rusty Wallace on Ernie Irvin. 471 miles are complete, 29 miles to go here at Dover Downs International Speedway. Behind the front two, Ken Schrader holds third spot. Jeff Gordon is fourth. Mark Martin running in the fifth spot. Those five cars on the lead lap. Only two cars are one lap down. Darrell Waltrip in sixth and Michael Waltrip running in seventh. Rusty Wallace continues to put even a couple of more car lengths on Ernie Irvin over in turn three. And a good battle for third, shaping up once again. Jeff Gordon has caught Ken Schrader and now pulls down the wind side of his teammate in turn three. He'll make the move off the low side of the racetrack. That car overheating and all the problems they've had today, but here it is in the last handful of laps. He'll make the pass and grab third spot away. So 478 on the board. That's a good battle. We'll watch it back to turn two. Jeff Gordon hanging on the top spot. Again, those overheating problems. Uh, he was coming on straight about 10 laps ago, then began to fall back a little bit. Obviously, the car was heating up once again. He let it run cool for a while, and obviously now it's turned up the wick once again, passing Ken Schrader. Yeah, it looked like for just a minute there when they put him back under green here a while ago that Jeff was going to come right up there and make it a three-way battle. He got pretty close at one time, but now he's continuing to drop back just a little bit more, even though it's picked up some speed and not enough to run down Rusty Wallace. A straightaway separate those two from first to third position. Here's Rusty about to catch three maybe four lap cars out of turn number four. He'll run up on Jeff Burton here in just a moment. 
Ernie Irvin, meanwhile, will be about a quarter of a straightaway behind him. Let's follow him down into turns one and two. Rusty sees the lap traffic directly ahead. First of those cars, as you say, is the Jeff Burton machine. He'll fall in behind him and follow him here down the back straightaway. Now Burton drops over to the inside. Rusty fans out. He'll make the pass in turn three. Rusty Wallace already a race winner here at Dover Downs, trying to make it number two in his career. Ernie Irvin has yet to visit the Monster Miles victory lane, and the laps now have 19 to go. 19 miles remain with the leaders working again on traffic in turn two. Got three cars directly ahead of Rusty, the Dave Marcus machine, Jimmy Hensley, and Terry Lobotti right ahead of the race leader. Halfway down the back straightaway, he goes to work, chopping away at those cars, first to the outside of Marcus. Nobody's going to give him any room on the inside, so if Rusty gets around those lap cars, they're going to make him come around on the outside. Doesn't have any problem with Dave Marcus. He takes the outside groove on Dave and scoots right on around. He has an advantage of nine-tenths of a second over Ernie Irvin, but getting around some of that lap traffic now has allowed Irvin to close it up just a little bit anyway over in turn three. Irvin's tightened it up considerably here, but again, he's going to have to deal with those same lap cars once he approaches, though. Here goes uh, Irvin to the outside of Dave Marcus as Rusty now has cleared Jimmy Hensley and closes in on Terry Labonte. Elsewhere on the racetrack, Kyle Petty and Wally Dallin back there racing for position here in the final number of laps. They're separated by about nine-tenths of a second or so, but that's another battle that's been on and off throughout the course of the afternoon. 17 miles to go. The leaders are in three. Rusty sails to the outside of the lap traffic. Now gets some clear sailing up in turn three and four. Ernie Irvin again has closed the gap. He's now within about ten car lengths of the leader, and he as well has cleared himself of some of the lap cars. Time going to be the factor right now. The laps are winding down. 484 up on the scoreboard. That'll give us just 16 miles to go. Getting ready to settle the Budweiser 500 here this afternoon. Ernie Irvin pulling out all the stops, trying to chase down Rusty Wallace, and he is beginning to gain on him ever so slightly, about maybe a car length each round. They're out of turn two. Rusty Wallace comes off the corner and takes it down the back straightaway, still maintaining about a 10 to 12 car length lead over Ernie Irvin. Rusty the swinging the car to whichever side of the racetrack he needs to do to get around some of the lap traffic. He's closing in now on the Mike Wallace car on the front straightaway. I would dare say his brother will give him all the racing room he needs as Mike Wallace and the Heilig Myers car actually goes to the high side, allowing Rusty to stay down low, and Rusty has to cut to the inside to get around the number 90 machine. Rusty slips by. Now Ernie Irvin will approach the Mike Wallace car up in turn three. Let's see if Mike moves over and lets him go. As he's going to have to work him a little bit harder coming out of the corner. Here's Rusty down to the line. 487 laps go up on the scoreboard. And as we said, time is going to be the factor. Mike Wallace pulls down and lets him go. Chase, trying to chase Rusty down one more time up the back chute. Meanwhile, Rusty has caught some more traffic of his own to deal with. He'll go to the outside of the Chuck Bound car, clear that machine. Still maintains a healthy lead over Ernie Irvin, who's going to have to deal with some more traffic in four. 13 miles remain. Rick Mast is still out there, championing around as best he can. He's running rather slowly, but getting those laps in. He's been on the uh, garage area list for a good part of the day. Some 100 laps down at last report. 488 on the board, 12 miles to go. The race has been slowed 11 times for cautions today. Some 83 laps of caution have been run this afternoon. Last year, they were a good number more than that. Last year, 103 miles of caution in the fall race here, the Split Fire 500. Now 11 miles to go as the field works still watching Rusty and Ernie. It's been Ernie who's led most of the laps, but Rusty may be leading the most important ones. Wallace smoothly making his turn off uh, number two 
two and down the back straightaway. He goes into the bottom of the racetrack. It seems like particularly in turns one and two, he'll hug the inside line more than Ernie Irvin does. Irvin drives in a little bit deeper, and it forces the car to go up the banking. And every time earlier in the race today that uh, Rusty has made a pass of Irvin, you know this has happened several times throughout the course of the day, many times as a matter of fact, it's been because he opened up. Here's trouble to the back straightaway. Bobby Labonte gets a tap from John Andretti. The flaps open up. He goes into the inside retaining wall. The Maxwell House Ford comes to rest halfway down the back straightaway up against the inside wall. Caution is on the speedway. It'll come out at lap 490 as they'll come back to the start-finish line. Rusty Wallace crosses, takes the flag. Ernie Irvin crosses, maybe a couple of car lengths behind him, but Caution is on the racetrack. Let's go back to Joe Moore. Bobby Labonte's Pontiac can't seem to get it going. It's up against the wall, and the tire seems to be pinned up against the wall. He put it in gear and tried to go forward, and the right side tire is just spinning and blowing smoke off as, again, he's kind of winched it up against the retaining wall, and now Bobby Labonte is climbing out of his Pontiac. Green flag goes in the air. Five cars on the lead lap and on the restart. Rusty Wallace looked like he was fired out of a cannon as he heads off to turn one. Picks up five car lengths on the Ernie Irvin car. Five more car lengths back to Ken Schrader. Mark Martin's all over his bumper and Jeff Gordon now closing in on that battle. Here's Martin diving to the inside of Schrader. They'll go side by side to three. They took three and a half rounds of wedge out of Mark Martin's car. Winston Kelly tells us to try and free it up just a little bit here for this final race dash. Those three cars, Schrader, Martin, also Gordon, will settle third, fourth, and fifth between them. The lead cars, though, work alone in turn two. Rusty Wallace now with four car lengths over Ernie Irvin. He's closed it in just a tad. Now almost ten car lengths. Back to the third place battle. It's still a good one. Schrader's trying to hold off Mark Martin the way Martin goes. Gordon goes the other way. Here's Jeff diving to the inside. Gordon trying to get inside Mark Martin. Meanwhile, the battle for the lead goes back to turn number one. Ernie Irvin not gaining any ground on Rusty Wallace. He is four car lengths back. That's what he's been for the last two laps. They're off two. Again, Irvin goes high up in turn one. Drifts off turn number two and comes down this back straightaway. Still five car lengths between him and the race leader, Rusty Wallace. He'll come back through turn number three and four, glued to the low side of the racetrack. Both cars handling exceptionally well. Third, fourth, and fifth will be their own battle. They won't figure for the win here with two laps to go. The leaders are in one. Rusty Wallace holds it right down to the bottom line. It turns one and two. Flashes up off two and goes wide up against the outside retaining wall. Ernie Irvin still sitting there some five car lengths back. Third, fourth, and fifth now settled. They go single file down the back straightaway as smoke billows from the Western Auto Chevrolet of Darrell Waltrip. He slows in turn three. Getting ready to come down for the white flag. Rusty Wallace takes it, heads off into turn number one for the final time. Let's follow him around to the interval now between first and second. Three car lengths. Rusty Wallace down on the inside line. Smoothly this time up off the turn. He'll close in on the Dale Earnhardt car. Go wide to get by that machine. Still with several car lengths over Ernie Irvin. Prior to this afternoon, Rusty's team had two consecutive top fives. This afternoon, they will survive and win here at the Monster Mile. Rusty Wallace takes his third win of the year, his second victory in Dover, Delaware, winning the Bud 500 with Ernie Irvin finishing in second spot. Here at the Dover Downs International Speedway, Rusty Wallace will be heading down to Victory Lane, and we will too in just a few minutes. Right now, let's check in with Winston Kelly. We're with second place finisher Ernie Irvin. Ernie, you are dominant sometimes during the race, and you and Rusty were awful close there at the end. Well, I tell you, me and Rusty kind of raced the racetrack all day, and um, he just got a little better than us at the end, but um, tell you, this Texaco album, Fort Dunbar, just keeps doing this every week, and um, we're looking at the big picture, and um, that's what Larry kept reminding me of all day. I don't know if I've ever had a good run here at Dover. I usually screw up or something, so I was having to be careful on that. With all the accidents out there, were you near any of them? Yeah, like with the time that three of them blew out in one lap, that was near all three of them except for the 16 cars. So uh, the 71 blew up in front of me, and, and um, you know, it got a little hairy, but um, 
I, I hope everybody's all right. That's the, that's the main thing. I saw Morgan got uh, carried away in a stretcher, and I haven't been able to find out yet how he is, but hopefully he's all right. The theme for 1994, the big picture for Ernie Irvin and the Texaco Haviland crew. He comes home second. Let's check down to Victory Lane. Well, we've got a happy bunch of people down here. I'll tell you, <laughs> I don't know how old you're going to ever get, but, boy, you're sure in good shape to jump out of this thing today. I've done this many times and couldn't stand up. Hey, I, well, I wore a little bit of a neck brace uh, helper today. That helped me a little bit. But, you know, it's pretty cool. It wasn't no 85 and 90 like it usually is. But what yeah, our tires work good for me. You know, I had the car sprung real good and soft so it wouldn't tear the tires up. We kept up on air pressures. We didn't come down to those. And everything really worked good. But, man, this Miller January Ford Thunderbird just flat ran. We had some killer horsepower today. Let me tell you, all the David Evans and all his guys back at the shop in uh, Charlotte. Job well done, guys. And so we're going to go on to Michigan, test for a couple days now, and everything's smooth. Gain a lot of points. That's what it's all about. You had, uh, you chased the car all day, the 28 car of Ernie Irving. You chased him almost all day. Was that intentional, or could you just not catch him? And if you did, what happened at the end? No, I couldn't catch Ernie, man. He was bad tough all day long. And right there at the very end, it looked like the front end on his car was starting to give up just a little bit, and he was starting to run a little higher in turn one and two, and that's where I got him. But, uh, Hey, I like to congratulate your whole team because they did a heck of a job. I mean, they were strong. They were bad to the bone today. Looked like you were shot out of a cannon on that last uh, caution flag. Did uh, I'm quite sure you didn't want to see that. Well, I had a long way to go and a short time to get there. I had to get after it. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll tell you, it's a happy crew over here, but I it, it's amazing how good a shape he's in. He's not even sweating. Let's take a look at the finishing order. Rusty Wallace is the winner. Ernie Irvin finishes second. Kenny Schrader runs third here this afternoon. Mark Martin finishes fourth. Jeff Gordon comes home fifth. Darrell Waltrip was sixth. Mike Michael Waltrip was seventh. Sterling Marlin finished eighth. Good run for Hutt Strickland. He hung in there all day and comes away with a ninth-place finish. Finishing in tenth was Wally Dollenback. Kyle Petty ran eleventh. Lake Speed was twelfth. Mike Wallace finished thirteenth. Fourteenth will go to Joe Nemechek. Fifteenth to Loy Allen. Sixteenth to Todd Bodine. Jimmy Hensley finished seventeenth. Dave Marcus was eighteenth. Ricky Rudd, nineteenth. And Bobby Labonte round out the top twenty. Twenty-first is Chuck Bound. Twenty-second, John Andretti. Finishing twenty-third, Derek Cope. Greg Sachs comes home in twenty-fourth. Twenty-fifth is Morgan Shepard. With twenty-sixth going to Terry Labonte. Twenty-seventh today was Steve Grissom. Dale Earnhardt finishes twenty-eighth. Dale Jarrett is twenty-ninth. And thirtieth, Rick Mast. 31st belongs to Bill Elliott. 32nd is Brett Bodine. 33rd, Jeff Burton. Bobby Hamilton had a great day, but he ends up finishing 34th. 35th is Ted Musgrave with with Billy Standridge finishing 36th. 37th is Ward Burton with 38th going to Dick Trickle. 39th is Jimmy Spencer. 40th, Brad Teague. Jeff Bodine finishes 41st, and Harry Gant first out of the event today, finishing in 42nd position. The average speed, 102.453 miles an hour. The race slowed 12 times by caution. Behind the scenes today, Melanie Bestwick and Mike Bagley were on the scoring loop. Joe Moore handled the coverage of the turns with Dick Brooks, Winston Kelly, and Alan Bestwick on pit road and in the garage. For Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Thanking you for spending your entire day with us, and we congratulate Rusty Wild winner of today's Budweiser 500 here in Dover, Delaware. So long, everybody. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.